In terms of how we use our resources, um, we have cut crime by an above average amount. We are performing really well, but we're now at a point where the only further cuts that we can make are to the front line. And as HMIC highlight, the thin blue line is getting worryingly thin. A man is due in court today charged with the murder of 66-year-old Graham Buck in Little Gaddiston on Saturday. 55-year-old Ian McLaughlin's also been charged with robbery in possession of cannabis. A man and a woman will also appear at court in Hatfield charged with assisting an offender. A man from Hertfordshire has been jailed for stealing £133,000 that was supposed to go to charity. Christopher McKnight took the money from his best friend after he passed away. Lee Agnew has the details. The court heard the 53-year-old from Bovingdon was executor of the will which said the money should be given to the charity Action for Children. But McKnight transferred the money to his own bank account, which he then used to pay for a lavish lifestyle. Although attempts by the charity were made to recover the money, he avoided handing it over. McKnight from Howard Agney Close pleaded guilty to theft and was sentenced to 27 months in prison. The Care Quality Commission is hoping to improve its record on checking care homes in England by appointing its first Chief Inspector of Adult Social Care. The CQC's faced controversy because of the way it's inspected hospitals. The London Olympic and Paralympic Games have provided a boost of nearly £10 billion to the UK economy. That's according to a report published by the government. The money's come from additional sales related to the Games, new contracts secured by businesses and foreign investment. The research also suggests that more people are getting involved in sport and offering to volunteer in their community. Speaking of sport, it was a Australia's day at Lords as England's top order struggled for runs on the opening day of the second Ashes Test yesterday after winning the toss and electing to bat the home side closed on 289 for seven. The weather, dry, hot and sunny. Top temperature 27 degrees Celsius, that's 81 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I was Mars. I was having a chat there. I was with a colleague. I was you. How rude. And I, yeah, I know, listen, but it's like doing a little private radio show for one person, and um, it's not what I'm paid for at all. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a very, very nice morning out there, and it's kind of, there's a last day of term feel about the whole office today. It's not the last day of term, I believe... Uh, unless uh, um, I'm called in for a meeting straight after this show, I'll be back on Monday. So, you know, let's let's crack on as per usual. Uh, it's the story that's led the news all week. Bedford Hospital and its decision to close paediatric services. Well, parents have been voicing their concerns about it. A meeting was held yesterday to look at the way forward. We'll get reaction to what's happening and find out what happened then. Bedfordshire Police has been earmarked as one of two forces in the UK which is likely to have to make cuts to frontline policing. Uh, it looks for more ways to make savings. That's according to a report by Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary. I'll speak to Bedfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner later on to find out what's happening then and what's happening now. And what huge pieces of pop culture have you missed out on? I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. I'm never going to hear it. I've heard bits of it. I've heard the guitar bits. I've been in guitar shops in the 1980s. And I've heard the bit about her buying a Stairway to Heaven. That's it. That's all I know. Justin Dealey has never watched Grease. What have you missed out on? What haven't you seen or read or heard or done that everybody else has? Lots of ways to get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. 
you can send me a text 81333 start your text 3CR or you can give me a call 08459 555 across beds hearts and bucks this is BBC Three Counties Radio Parents say they're worried for the future of children's services at Bedford Hospital. An independent inquiry was announced following a meeting yesterday, though that won't be delivered until autumn at the earliest. Uh, political reporter Paul Scoynes was at the meeting. It was a busy meeting, mm. wasn't it? What was what exactly was it about? Yes, in front of a packed public gallery, Ian, uh, the Mayor of Bedford, Dave Hodgson, called this emergency meeting, and it was a council committee which looks at the health of Bedford. Uh, the hospital board was there, so the chair, Fiona Wilson, the acting chief executive who used spoke to when we took the programme to Bedford Hospital on Monday, Stephen Conroy and the medical director Ed Neal. Um, they all were sort of fielding questions from this board of um, counsellors, medical professionals as well. And these uh, questions were primarily uh, about the problems that have been uh, experienced at the paediatric unit at the hospital, which just to you know, give anyone who's not heard it a quick summary. Junior doctors were withdrawn from the paediatric unit about a fortnight ago. The hospital announced that some services, including A&E and all other overnight services, will close, that they hope that that's a temporary situation. And that lack of junior doctors was withdrawn because of their uh, sort of education board um, considered the low level of supervision from consultants to have put not just the patients but also the junior doctors at risk as well. Mm. And that effectively meant that the wards couldn't function. Well, interesting that, that some of the bigwigs from the hospital turned up. What did they have to say? Well, the, the chair, Fiona Wilson, said that we acknowledged uh, that there have been issues around clinical supervision. She said that there have been since the sort of uh, news broke a couple of weeks ago that uh, a number of so-called risk summits, uh, so those are sort of discussions with key staff about how to manage this situation. She said that she was personally committed to fixing this uh, and announced that an independent investigation will be held into what went wrong. That will be independent, won't be carried out by a council or by any health body uh, in this region it will be an independent body like the king's fund mm-hmm. a charity like that uh, she said that they are committed to reinstating pediatric services as soon as possible uh, which was uh, which was interesting and although she did have a caveat saying that was dependent on the decision of the commissioners uh, and and that of course means that uh, you know they will have to look at potentially reinstating a and e although realistically i think that they're looking towards a merge situation anyway stephen conroy the acting chief executive at Bedford Hospital told me that despite the the distance it would be safer to take children to another paediatric unit if they were very ill. The most important thing when you treat a child is that you've got competent paediatricians on site um, so it's not about how quickly they can get to the hospital, it's about the expertise of, of the doctors uh, and the team and given our uh, reduction in doctors uh, we just can't guarantee to provide a full service 24-7 at, at present. You're going to get a, uh, an independent inquiry conducted. What do you hope to actually find out through that inquiry? Okay, well, we need to understand what, why this happened. Uh, you know, having trainees removed is, is not unique, um, but it doesn't happen very often. Uh, we need to understand what were the problems that the, the trainees raised. They were concerned about clinical supervision, so that's working with our individual consultants. The board want to know, is this about one individual consultant? Is it about one department? So the review has to find out uh, what happened, uh, what was the cause of it, what we can do to fix it, and then we can apply that learning uh, across the organisation to avoid this happening again. 
Well, well, I know because we're hosting this show and getting lots of people calling in and uh, people on Facebook, for example, uh, example, Helen Lindsay-Clark, lots of parents are concerned. What was the reaction of the parents that were there yesterday? Well, I mean, very much concerned, uh, especially about the communication they've had from the hospital. Mm. I mean, we've had the same to an extent at Three Counties Radio. There have uh, been lots of press releases that mm. haven't really said very much. Yes, there have been press releases telling us that there'll be another press release yep. uh, in the day or two. And um, uh, the hospital say they have recognised that they should have had better communication. They're putting uh, a plan in place to make sure that all parents and patients of the ward are contacted as soon as possible. Now, at that point when they said that, the MP for uh, for Bedford, Richard Fuller, started tapping his watch quite dramatically, mm. as if to say, "Come on, you've not, you know, you, you've got to do." Well, this is quicker. all happening very, very soon. Yes. So that they they do need to pull their finger out well, to get in touch with all the parents. You know, if you look at it, it's it's happening on Monday in some instances. Wow. Um, uh, so. So, uh, you know, ben, Mayor of Bedford said that the parents need to know by Monday. Um, I spoke to Lynn Hoppenbrowers mm-hmm. from Bedford Borough Parent Carer Forum, and she said that lack of information has been a problem. Parents don't know what to do because the alternatives haven't really been explained, publicised. There was talk in there today about the fact that they're contacting parents and they're going to make individual plans for each parent. That's great, but it's not happening as far as I'm aware certainly not for the parents that I've been speaking to. There's answers, but they need to talk to us parents in order to find out those answers. And and I think as parents, we know our children the best. And they need to be talking to us in order to work out what is the best plan B. Well, that was Lynn Hoppenbrose from uh, Bedford Borough Parent Care Forum. Uh, what else, uh, what other concerns are there? Well, there was certainly a lot of worries about the length of time it's going to take to get to Milton Keynes Hospital mm. and the other hospitals in the area, like Hinchingbrook, that's near Huntingdon. Um, public transport's a problem in those sorts of uh, situations because, you know, it's not very easy to take uh, small children on buses a long distance. No, no, not when they're ill, particularly. Not when they're, well, not when they're ill. And, and there was an announcement about some help with travel costs. However, this parent, Anna, Menendez uh, said Milton Keynes is just too far away to go in an emergency. I'm really worried about it because my child just had uh, convulsions, fits because of temperature, so I had to call the ambulance or I need things locally. Children get sick. If I'm in Milton Keynes, it's a long way and you are worried. I'm the only one driving in my family, so I have to take them. I will be worried sick during and in the motorway or A6 or A421 here. It takes me 10 minutes but for hospital, and I always had a good experience over there. What's next? Well, there'll be a report in October, um, and that will be made public, and the hospital will attend further meetings at that point. Uh, Children's A&E will officially end at the end of the month, uh, although no children should be brought into A&E as walk-in patients after the 1st of August. And from Monday, no children will be taken to Bedford Hospital by ambulance. So if they've they've been called uh, a 999, uh, all emergencies will be taken to other hospitals, most probably Milton Keynes, which has an even larger... Uh, children's units. Well, so it's a it, you know fairly serious. It's it's a big thing, and I say but people like uh, Helen has, has been in touch on the Facebook page with various concerns. Lots of, but, uh, I want to hear from parents today. If you are concerned about this, because this is actually happening very very soon now. If you're concerned about the changes to Bedford Hospital, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. How will it affect you, Paul? Thank you for that. Going off on a complete tangent. I hope this doesn't sound too inappropriate after something so serious. Uh, this morning we're discussing 
leaving huge gaps in pop culture. I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. Justin Dealey has never seen Greece. We're having a screening of Greece after this show. Oh. It says if you want to come along. I've, I've seen it. <laughs> so have I. I went out with a girl in the late 80s, so I've seen it loads of times. <laughs> And it's rubbish. Have you got any... You, you, you seem like a very well-rounded, very well-cultured gentleman. I, yeah. I can't imagine there are any gaps in your pop culture. My parents brought me up well. Yes. Um, pop culture, I'm not sure. I've never read a classic book. Huh? I haven't read On the Road. What? Yeah. I, so, like, Hardy and Austin and stuff? I haven't read any of that. I've not read any Charles Dickens. I've not read... See, at my school, yeah. they did loads of modern books for GCSEs. And A levels. You, you're allowed to. The thing is, Paul, I've discovered uh, this recently. You're allowed to go out to bookshops, libraries, and get them yourself. I need guidance. I wait. For, isn't it posh? I wait four five nine. <laughs> four double five five double five. Your gaps in pop culture, please. Thank you. Three Counties Radio. This morning, I'm looking for huge gaps in your pop cultural references. What things haven't you done, you heard, you haven't seen, you haven't been to, you haven't taken, that all of your friends have? 08459 455 555. Right, here's the travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, thanks very much Ian. All looking nice and quiet on the road to the Three Counties. Very little going on so far this morning. Everything running well on the A1 to the Black Cat Roundabout. Clear along the A1M and it's looking good as you make your way down toward London. The M25 is running well through the roadworks. Thankfully after the major problems of yesterday, everything is of course fully open. Got roadworks that could catch you out a little bit in St Albans. They're still doing some work on London Road. The A1081 is at the junction with Nightingale Lane but they're hoping to have those works finished off later today. 
taking a look at the trains and there are no delays at the minute if you're heading into london on the tube though archway station on the northern line has been shut because of a power failure adam glynn bbc three counties radio adam thank you very much Right, 6.17, it's Friday the 19th of July. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent inquiry will be held into the closure of paediatric services at Bedford Hospital. Bedfordshire's police commissioner has expressed concerns about the sustainability of frontline policing in the face of more cuts. In sport, England's women went out of football's European Championship last night after losing 3-0 to Group C winners France. Coming up, the current level of frontline policing in Bedfordshire could be under threat. Hear more next. If you want to take part in the show, 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation, there's one man you should come and speak to. You've got a problem with a mattress, I gather. Tell me all about it without naming any company name. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Well, every time she tried to book, the trip was cancelled because of adverse weather. The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Said send the receipt off and you'll get the cheque in the post. If you need our help... I went to speak to the man that runs this golf club. Email jvsshow at BBC. I'm just very pleased that you've got the money. And we could do the same for you. Thanks ever so much, Jonathan. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan's show was brilliant yesterday. I'm always a fan of the consumer hours. My favourite... I would say it's my favourite hour on radio at the moment. And that's not the kind of... I'm not telling the company line because I don't do that. But between 11 and 12 weekdays. Yesterday was amazing. He had a consumer... He fell out with a consumer... He fell out with one of the consumers. I've never heard anything like it. It was wonderful. This guy was phoning up on behalf of his son because his son and his neighbour were sharing a water connection. So they, they, they weren't getting separate water into their house and he'd been paying for some... And Jonathan came up with a perfectly reasonable solution to the problem. The guy went, no, I I'm not going to do that. Why should, why, why should I do that? Oh, Jonathan was not happy in the slightest. It was Wonderful! Wonderful! Coming up, we'll be talking about possible cuts to frontline policing in Bedfordshire. 08459 455 555. Well, this, this song seems to be sucking the energy out of the show. Don't worry, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. I want to take you somewhere so you know I care But it's so cold and I don't know where I brought you daffodils and a pretty string But they won't flower like they did last spring And I want to kiss you, make you feel alright I'm just so tired to share my nights I wanna cry and I wanna love But all my tears have been used up On another love, another love All my tears have been used up On another love, another love all my tears have been used up on another love, another love. All my tears have been used up. Oh, 
Three Counties Radio. Going to give us a call this morning. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. We're talking later on about the price of petrol. Could go up by as much as five pence a litre. Would that affect your driving habits? Would you change the way you drive if it did? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. But before that, the current level of policing, of frontline policing in Bedfordshire, could be under threat. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary, you try saying that at 20 past six in the morning, a group independent of the government and the police, says it's concerned about the force's ability to maintain its service to the public when faced with further budget reductions. They have until March 2015 to make savings of £19.4 million. Well, Zoe Billingham from HMIC told Drive yesterday that with lower than average funding, Bedford may soon struggle to know where further savings can come from, with little option but to cut frontline police officer numbers further. If you've achieved efficiencies in every other part of your organisation, there there could come a time when the only place you can turn is to cut into what's already a very thin blue line in terms of frontline workforce uh, in Bedfordshire. So that's our concern. It's not an immediate uh, clear and present danger now. It's an issue that we flag to the force and the Police and Crime Commissioner so that collectively we, the service and Bedfordshire, can work out ways of dealing with this. Well, joined now by the Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, Ollie Martins. Morning, Al- Ollie. Morning, Ian. Uh, do you agree with the HMIC? Will, will, you, will you have to look at cutting frontline officers? Well, first of all, the good news, um, which is that HMIC says that pretty much we've got one of the most efficient and effective police forces in the country. Um, So that's the good news. But, um, yeah, I mean, we could not have written a better HMIC report ourselves in terms of setting out uh, where we're at and the challenges that Bedfordshire Police faces. Um, And I have been saying that because of our size and because of the... uh, particular challenges that we face in Bedfordshire in terms of policing challenges um, we are heading for a place where you know because we've done all the collaboration we potentially done all the collaboration we can do because we're as efficient and low cost as we can get um, we're running out of places where we can find the savings mm. that we're being told by the government that we've got to find other than looking at frontline policing um, and I mean the other thing that you know, just to put this in context, we've recently done a staff survey 
um, and we got a lot of feedback from our people, particularly frontline police officers, but actually throughout the organisation, um, about people feeling that they're pretty fatigued and pretty frustrated with all the changes that they're going through. Um, you've got officers who, um, you know, they they're having their rest days cancelled, they're having their shifts mucked about with, um, they're struggling to take the annual leave that they're entitled to, um, and they're even... Um, they're even not taking the breaks they're entitled to. Not because their managers are saying you can't take your break, but because they've got shouts coming in from the public, they've got calls mm. coming in, and they feel that they've got to go and respond to them rather than take their break. Um, so, you know, we've got very dedicated people, but I think that that survey and what HMIC have said um, are describing an organisation that is running above capacity, mm. and that's before we've taken the £7 million out of the budget that we've got to take out in the next couple of years. And you're right, cuts ha- have been made, and you have been, you know, you're often in here telling us how you're trimming and you're trying to save money and stuff like that because you have to because money is you, you're getting less uh, and less money the argument always from the public is what do you want from your police officers i want to see more of them on the street i want to see more bobbies on the beat uh, the public will be concerned by this won't they i think so i think so and uh hmic did some work around this um they've done a, a nationwide survey asking people um how f- safe they feel in their communities um and they identified that in Bedfordshire there are, there is a smaller proportion of people who feel safe than is the national average. Uh, and they identified that the what makes people feel safe is seeing the police. Mm. So that says to us that people in Bedfordshire are not seeing their police as much. And I know anecdotally from, you know, all the work that I do going around the county talking to people that um, they don't feel that they see the police enough um, and that's what they want to see. And but you're going to have to do the opposite of, of that. Potentially, potentially. I mean, we do have some plans, for example, to... Um, quite dramatically increase the use that we make of special constables Mm. um, and these are volunteer police officers so in a few years time um, you know our our ambition is that actually a third of the people that we've got with warranted powers uh, will be special constables Um, does having bobbies on the beat actually reduce crimes it's always the thing isn't it we want to see more coppers but does it actually have an effect apart from making people feel that's that's that is a very that is a very interesting question because if you look at uh what Bedfordshire Police has done and and how it's achieved this um, well above average reduction in recorded crime. Uh, It's actually done it by removing all of its officers uh, so that at the moment um, neighbourhood policing is carried out only by PCSOs in Bedfordshire. We We don't have any warranted officers. All the warranted officers are either on response or doing policing that's going out and catching offenders. Uh, rather than pounding the streets or uh, doing that visible um, policing. So that is how we've got this reduction in crime. But if we're going to um, continue to have public the public's confidence, um, then we're going to have to do that visible policing. You know, it's that visible policing that gives the public... Um, the confidence in the force. You can't win, can you, Ollie? Because you, this money is... The hu- you have to make huge savings. You have to make huge savings. So you either overspend, or you take, in inverted commas, proper coppers, and no disrespect to PCSS, PCO, but you, you, you have to take police officers off the, the, the street. So you, you're you going to look like the bad guy whatever you do, aren't you? Well, that, there's no doubt, and, you know, HMIC has identified it. This, this is a very tough challenge. Mm. Um, and you know there is a danger that um, that the 
policing is going to suffer in the county. As I say, you know, I've got a plan. Um, it's about doing even more collaboration with neighbouring forces. Um, it's about extending collaboration um, more broadly across the public sector in due course. Uh, it's about um, making the most of our special constables and other volunteers and also building up a very strong network of neighbourhood watch across the county mm. um, and really making sure that we're doing policing in partnership with the public and not just to the public. Um, so, you know, that plan is all about protecting frontline policing so i'm going to be working very hard mm. the chief constable is going to be working very hard with me doing everything we can to um, avoid making these cuts to the front line but you know we can't hide and certainly now that hmic have identified it we can't hide how tough this challenge is um, but it's also important to understand that um, a lot of it relates to the way in which policing is funded um, so in Bedfordshire, um, we don't get the money that the government's own funding formula says we should get. Mm. Uh, there's this thing called the damping mechanism, which it's quite early in the morning to explain <laughs> how it works. But it basically means that we get docked between two and three million pounds a year, um, less than the funding formula says we should be getting. Uh, now that cumulatively over the last few years adds up to 24 million pounds that we should Ouch. have had for policing yep. that we haven't got. The second thing we suffer from is that uh, our police precept, which is what people pay through the council tax, um, is below average. Mm. Now, this year, I couldn't do anything about that, even if I'd wanted to, um, without holding a referendum. Mm. If I wanted to go above 2%, we have to have a referendum. If we have a referendum, we have to pay for the referendum. And then potentially, we also have to pay to send people out new bills... Um, so it's effectively a cap. So you can't even do anything about that element of uh, how policing is funded, even if I wanted to. So these these are issues that the government needs to look at, yeah. and, and that's on top of the cuts that they're making. I don't envy the decisions you have to make at all. Ollie, thank you very much uh, for coming in. Uh, 6.31, let's get the travel now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment, things still looking reasonably good. Certainly on the roads, we've had no accidents reported. If you're driving through Luton, though, electricity work continues on the A6. They're hoping to finish it later today. It's near the junction with Stockingstone Road. Star Street in Ware, electricity work as well. This is at Bowling Road. On the trains, no delays that I can see on the departure boards. On the tubes, though, the Piccadilly line runs with severe delays between Acton Town and Uxbridge because of a signal failure at Alperton. And if you're using the Northern Line to get into London this morning, Archway Station is closed because of a power failure. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 6.32. Here's the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. An independent inquiry will be held into the closure of paediatric services at Bedford Hospital. Bedfordshire's police commissioner has expressed concerns about the sustainability of frontline policing in the face of more cuts. And a man's due in court today charged with the murder of 66-year-old Graham Buck in Little Gaddesdon on Saturday. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It was Australia's day at Lords as England's top order struggled for runs on the opening day of the second Ashes Test. After winning the toss and electing to bat, the home side closed on 289 for seven. Pat Murphy was watching. A fluctuating day ended with Australia on top, due mainly to the occasional leg spin of Steve Smith, who took three wickets in the final hour, including Ian Bell for 109 and Johnny Bairstow for 67. They'd added 144, rescuing England, who'd early been 28 for three. Bell played superbly, becoming only the fourth England batsman to score centuries in three successive Ashes tests, while Bairstow, reprieved on 21 when bowled by a no-ball, looked secure enough till he was caught and bowled off a full toss. Smith's success proved that the ball is turning already, and that will be noticed in the England dressing room. In football, England's women were knocked out of the European Championship after losing 3-0 to France last night. The defeat saw them finish bottom of Group C, although the England coach Hope Powell insists she wants to remain in the job. Russia and Spain drew one all in the night's other match. The results saw Russia go to a drawing of lots, but they lost out to Denmark, who joined Iceland in the last eight. Finally, golf and Rory McIlroy says he's not sure what's going wrong after he finished on eight over par in his first round at the Open Championship yesterday. The world number two is 13 shots behind the clubhouse leader, Zach Johnson, and is in real danger of missing the cut at Muirfield. Physically and, and you know, technique-wise, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm swinging it okay. I know I can hit the shots, but it's just having the... Uh you know, the right thought process to hit those shots and, and that's something that I that I don't have at the minute and I, I don't quite know why. <laughs> and that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at seven o'clock. I'm so sorry. Hello. Honestly, anyone who think you're not listening to my bulletins? I'm not. Well, no, 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 no. We're talking, we're having a lot of fun uh, here, Catherine. You Shame you're not invited. But uh-huh. we're talking this morning, huge gaps in your, your popular cultural uh, references, okay? Yeah. Uh, and um, the Manners PR has said on um, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, sorry, I met someone who'd never seen the sound of music. I've never seen the sound of music. Yes. And I've only seen the end of Mary Poppins for the first time uh, last week. What? It, it all ends up quite happily. Yeah. I didn't realise. Because with kids, you watch the beginning mm. and you watch the scene in the bank. Like That's mil- the most boring bit. It is the most boring bit until you realise it's Dick Van Dyke as the old man. Yeah, I know, yeah. but still. Okay. It is the most boring bit. But I've, with kids, you watch, you know, beginnings of films hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah. But I'd never seen the end of it. Wow. So it's- what did you think? Ah. What gaps? What what gaps have you got? I can't think of any. No, oh. not film wise. You're saying you're completely well-rounded and, and educated. I just watched a lot of telly. Oh, are you a fan of Sex in the City? Um, I was at first, but I'm kind of I kind of grew up. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Your uh, popular cultural gaps. It doesn't have to be just films or music. It could also be maybe you've never had an egg, or you've never drunk a cup of tea. I had a friend who's never drunk a cup of coffee. Imagine that. Imagine never, never having been infused with the uh, the caffeine rush of a good coffee. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. After the show this morning, Justin Dealey and I will be sitting down to watch the tedious film. I mean, the uh, classic musical Grease. A film that Dealey has never, ever seen. He's hosted a few a few discos, though, so no doubt he'll have played this one. Frankie Valley from the movie Grease. I want to see you up on the dance floor shaking your things, ladies. I
watching this. Ten past nine with Justin D. Lee. And a fried egg sandwich. Paul Scoynes has just messaged me. He's never seen Dumbo. By the way, if you've got kids, Dumbo is not a kid's film. It is horrible. That bit when they're capturing the mum, I was watching it with my little boy. There's a horrible bit where they're capturing the mum. Oh, and I'm, I wasn't really watching it. I was reading, reading or doing something on my phone. And my boy started crying, Daddy, Daddy, what, what are they doing to it? It was awful. They're like whipping this elephant and putting it in a cage. It goes all psychedelic. Paul Scoynes has also never seen a horror film. How, I don't know, I don't know how that's possible. What haven't you done? 08459 455 555. Now, how safe do you feel when walking through your local park? One of our listeners emailed me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, to say there's a problem of antisocial behaviour in a park in Buckingham. David Trundley says there are often people drinking alcohol, using bad language, and generally being a nuisance to passers-by. Now, some of you might be going, uh, so what? But you don't want that in a park. Especially if you've got kiddies, but you don't want that. We're going to speak to David in a moment. But first, our reporter, Barry Caffrey, visited the park yesterday. It's just after lunchtime here on the Riverside Walk in Buckingham. On my right, there's a group of young people having a picnic. And all along the bank, many people are sitting down on benches, having some lunch and reading a book. But is antisocial behaviour a problem here? I spoke to some people to find out. I know there have been incidents of it and I know occasionally we do have problems in the park. Um, my husband came home one evening and uh, late in the evening there were two, about 200 teenagers, uh, mostly underage drinkers. Uh, one girl, he said, couldn't have been more than 15, was lying across the bridge that leads over to the Stratford Fields, which is the football club. But obviously, you know, comatose on alcohol. So it, it, is, it is an issue. Um, personally, that's been my only incident with it. Um, but it speaks volumes because, I mean, the, the, the car park area, uh, they've had to put speed bumps in there because of late night whizzing around in cars and all that sort of thing. So there is an element of it, yeah. I've never seen police officers down here. I mean, there are the um, community support officers, but you don't really see them down here. And if you do, they generally know the troublemakers and they sort of have a chat with them and that's about it and nothing gets done. They don't get moved on, they don't get told to stop. Um, there was one occasion we were down here and they were sitting literally just here and they had a load of cans with them and they were literally just told to put their cans in the bin and that was it. There was nothing, they weren't moved on or anything. Well I'm with Kath who's just sat down on this bench overlooking uh, the river here and you're about to have your lunch break. Can I ask you have you noticed antisocial behaviour along this riverbank? Only once. I don't actually live in Buckingham. I do work here. Um, I came down at lunchtime and there was a young crowd of girls and boys and their language was really rude and disgusting and very loud. So you could hear it probably the whole way along. And what did you do? Does that put you off coming down here? I think it does. Because, I mean, you just come down just to chill out, eat your lunch, your break off work. So it isn't very pleasant and there's quite a few elderly people that do come down and I think it's very uncomfortable for them. Well, joined now by David Trundley who brought this to our attention. Morning, David. What have, what have you seen happening? Uh, morning, Ian. Um, the main thing I've seen is uh, during any day, especially when it's warm like this, there's the same group of people. They're not, they're not necessarily young people. I say they're older than myself who look to be seasoned drinkers, shall we say. OK, and yes. They, and they sit down there from 
maybe 10 in the morning till 8 at night, just drinking non-stop. You can see them smoking drugs, things like that. And it's a real uncomfortable air because where they like to sit is where most families come to feed the ducks. And it, it does make you feel uncomfortable to the point now where when I speak to my neighbours, we go to the other end of the town now at the park so you don't have to walk past them. Have you spoken to the police or the council about this? I spoke, uh, when I was down there one day, they've, um, I don't know if it was the council, but someone put up a sign, it had the Buckingham County Council. Oh, a sign, okay. That said, um, uh, if you're caught drinking in this area, you'll be fined on the spot £500, which I thought was brilliant. Obviously, someone said something. So I was down there, saw them drinking, went up to a community support officer, told him, he walked over to them, made them put their empty cans in the bin, and when I questioned him, he said, oh, they're not hurting anyone. And that was it. Oh, no. Well, that, there are different levels of hurt. They're not physically hurting anyone, but they are ruining... Listen, as, as a dad, I, I, I would hate to see this in the park. They're ruining the environment, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, the worst thing we've seen is when I've been walking back... When you walk back towards Buckingham Town from the park, you go over a, a big bridge, and by the side of this bridge, there was a young girl down there involved in some sexual activities with two men. And I was with my little girl and my girlfriend, and I sort of went to her, I said, this is just ridiculous. And when I tried, I rang up the um, non-emergency police number, and they said, we'll try and get someone out, let's see what's going on. I'm shocked by that, Dave. I, don't, I, I want to know more, but uh, obviously for reasons I don't want to know more. No, I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you like to see done, David? Um, I'd like to see it stopped, to be honest. I mean, the park... I've only lived here a year, and going down to that park, we loved her, my daughter. She's two now, and we go. We used to go down there most days and feed the ducks and walk around the park. But isn't that one of the joys it, of being a dad? Simple things. Is. Feeding the ducks with a two-year-old is wonderful. Yep. But the trouble is, you can't you can't sit down that bit now. I mean, we went down there the other day, and there's a family sitting having a picnic, and some of the people who drink down there have dogs, and they don't have their dogs on the leads. So they just run around, and if you sit down there with food, the dogs run up to you, pester you, and if you say something to them, they shout abuse at you. These sort of don't sit there anymore. David, listen, I appreciate you getting in touch and flagging this up, uh, uh, this up to us. We're going to be speaking to a, a Buckingham Town councillor a little bit later on in the show to see if there's anything that can be done. So keep listening. Okay. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. David, thank you very much. If you've got a story that you'd like us to have a look at, uh, David sent me an email two two or three days ago, and it's on the radio. Ian, I-A-I-N, dot L-E-E, at bbc.co.uk. It can be a huge thing. It can be a small thing. Uh, if you send it in, we'll have a look, and uh, maybe we'll send one of our reporters down. As I said, in the uh, next hour, we'll speak to a Buckingham Town councillor who's been trying to tackle the problem. Right, let's get the uh, travel news. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still doing those long-term works in Dunstable along Pointers Road. It's shut for major reconstruction work between the A505 and Ports Avenue past the Woodside Industrial Estate. All traffic having to use the A505, Boscombe Road and Ports Avenue instead. Not too busy round there this morning, but it probably will slow down later. In Buckingham, works on the A413 continue. It's water main work at the total roundabout, so temporary traffic lights are up. Tring Road and Wendell has some temporary lights as well. This is gas main work near Hale Road. Into London, starting to slow up on the A1 through Boreham Wood, southbound from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. On the trains, no major delays. On the tubes, though, severe delays for the Piccadilly line. This is Acton Town to and from Uxbridge because of a signal failure at Alperton. And on the northern line, you have the closure of Archway Station because of a power failure. Adam Glenn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. I think I just heard a millisecond of Stairway to Heaven trying to creep in. Don't try and trick me with that. 
Right, 6.47, it's Friday the 19th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent inquiry will be held into the closure of paediatric services at Bedford Hospital. Bedfordshire's police commissioner has expressed concerns about the sustainability of frontline policing in the face of more cuts. In sport, England's cricketers were resumed this morning on 289 for seven on day two of the second Ashes test at Lord. What, what a lot of numbers. Uh, <laughs> coming up, what huge pieces of pop culture have you missed out on? 08459 455 555. Lots of you commenting on Facebook as well. We'll have a look at some of those after the latest weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hi, good morning, Ian. Well, we've got temperatures a little bit cooler than they have been in recent days. You'll notice them as they step outside the door. Uh, still very pleasant today, but it won't be quite as warm. I really doubt that we'll see 30 degrees, for instance. Uh, we might well get 28 or 29 degrees Celsius, though, and the best of those temperatures, I think, will be across parts of Buckinghamshire again. We've still got an easterly breeze, and that will be noticeable, I think, today, particularly across parts of Hertfordshire, where it will generally be a little bit more refreshing. I think temperatures still here though into the mid-20s. We're probably looking at 25, 26 degrees Celsius. Lots of sunshine around. A very pleasant day again. Um, and um, blue skies. Yep, bit of fair weather cloud into the afternoon. And then overnight tonight we're going to start to see some more cloud feed in from the east and this is going to have an effect on the day tomorrow. Temperatures down to 14 or 15 degrees Celsius. The clouds sticking around for tomorrow morning, eventually clearing all way so i think we'll see some sunny spells through the morning certainly for parts of buckinghamshire eastern areas uh, western areas sorry of bedfordshire but it will take some time for that cloud to clear across parts of hertfordshire tomorrow morning um, and then sunshine all the way through into the afternoon we're looking at temperatures 24 or 25 degrees celsius another gorgeous day certainly by the end of it lots of sunshine around um, just feeling a little bit cooler and we still have that easterly breeze sunday is looking very similar as well on saturday night it will start to cloud over again we could be keeping that cloud for part of sunday morning it will clear away late morning first part of the afternoon and then into next week well the heat wave continues in fact even though the temperatures will cool down a touch over the weekend they'll climb up again into next week we've got some very hot and humid air feeding in from the southeast and we'll see the risk of some thunderstorms develop as well yes that's the forecast thank you elizabeth Listen, I know what this is, because I've heard this bit. Stop this. That's the beginning of Stairway to Heaven. Now, don't do that, Kelly Betts. It's very, very naughty, because I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. I've heard bits of it. I've heard that bit. And I've heard, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. I've heard that. That's all I know. Never heard it, and I don't want to hear it. Okay, we'll talk about that more in a little bit with Justin Daly. Hang on. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen. This Saturday will bring you nine quick and simple recipes for you to try at home. A delicious lemon and raspberry tart. You come to an end of a meal and you think, I couldn't eat another thing, but funnily enough, you can slide down a slice of this. Italian summer chicken. It's a whole potpourri of different flavours all hitting each other at the same time. It's true. And a cheats caramel and honeycomb dessert. My children would just die for this. That's the thing. I'd have to keep stopping them going back and getting some more. To get all the recipes, listen from midday on Saturday for all the details. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Saturday night, 
eight o'clock. Um, Gareth Lloyd hosts BBC Introducing. It's a show uh, which supports unsigned and upcoming musicians from beds, hearts and bucks. Uh, so if, you, if you're in a band or you're a singer or whatever, uh, you can upload your tracks to bbc.co.uk Introducing. It might get played on that show, which is fine. You know, it's a, it's a niche bit of programming. Well done. Thumbs up. We're doing something for the community. It might, more importantly, get played on my show. Uh, and the person who chooses the tracks that get played on my show uh, is Kelly Betts. Morning, Kelly Betts. Good morning. Kelly, now, this, this quite often, some of the songs on BBC Introducing, you know why they're an unsigned band and you know that the chance of them getting signed are less than nil. This one we're going to hear today, any good? It's very good. Why did you choose it? I liked it because um, it just sounded a bit different quite liked it okay. loved his voice Alex Bailey I, Alex Bailey from yeah. Bishop Stortford mm-hmm. Wonder, he's, he's called it oh he's called it Wandering Song Wand, Wandering or, what would you like what, what, is it a wa- good name for a song just throwing it out there for any bands writing a song what would you like to hear a song be called Touch Me Now oh yeah that would get you a is name. it Wandering or Wandering is he, is he Wandering or is he Wandering both let's find out <laughs> Wandering song, not the wandering song. There's a difference. I like that. That's good. I could, I would listen to that. 
That's a cracking song. That's Alex Bailey from Bishop Stortford, The Wandering Song. You can hear more music uh, from the three counties on BBC, introducing every Saturday from 8. Now, this, uh, this week, we d- I discovered that Justin Dealey has never... You've never seen the film Grease, have you, J.D.? Morning, boss. Nope, never seen the film, ever. I went out with a girl in the 80s, so I've seen it far too many times. Yeah, I thought so. It's, it's it, I mean... It's the way you strut around the office. I <laughs> knew there was something in this. <laughs> with a packet of fags yes. rolled up in my T-shirt sleeve. It's, it's a bit boring, I'll be honest, but mm. we're going to watch it after the show today, aren't we? Yeah, can't wait. You know what, this week I'm not feeling particularly good. Got a bit of a, a summer cold. I'm being forced into a room and being bullied. And, uh, yes, I'll be sat down to watch Grease. Daily Mail, if you are listening, you could have an exclusive here. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and I- I've never heard I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No, I don't... And I think is I don't want to hear it now. Why? I'm, I'm not on. going to. No, I'm not going to. Why? Not going to. Why? It's my thing now. Why? It's my thing! Why? <laughs> but I want to find out what other bits of pop culture have people missed out on. You've been speaking to some people, haven't you? Yes, I'm in Luton this morning, finding out what, what films in particular people have missed out on, and uh, this is what people have had to say. Well, Tony, you're from the US. You're here in Luton for two weeks. Tell me about the classic film that you still haven't got round to watching. Clockwork Orange. I guess I've just heard nothing but... Uh differing opinions about it and never got around to it. Do you like this area, by the way? Do you you like it? Uh, Yes, it's a very nice area. A lot of the film was made about 15 minutes away from here, in Hertfordshire. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. Sally, Grease, is it worth watching? Not in my opinion, no. A lot of people will disagree with that. So I'm starting obviously quite late with Grease, considering it came out back in 1978. Can you think about certain films and classic films that you've only watched in recent times? Yeah, The Sound of Music. That was in the last five years. Mm. Quite enjoyed that. I can see what the hype about that is. Yeah. Any others? Yeah, Gone with the Wind. Mandy, it's a beautiful morning out here. Look at that sunshine. It's fantastic, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's wonderful. Now, you like your films, don't you? Yeah. But you've never seen The Godfather? No. Can I ask why? Well, it's an old film, really. Are you eventually going to sit down and watch it? No, no you've put it in my mind, I probably will, yeah. And what about Grease? Were you a big fan of Grease? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, now look at your face. I I do, I still watch that now and again. Alex, you're a bit of a film buff. You have seen Grease. Is it worth watching? Yeah, it's not too bad. It's hardly a fulfilling report, really, is it? Come on, it's not too bad. Come on, sell it to me. It's it's amazing, yeah. Now, in terms of things that you haven't seen, tell us about the popular culture that that you feel you're missing out on still. Well, I've never seen The Godfather. I've never got round to it, really. Uh, Dexter. I will, at some stage. I wait for them all to finish, and then I'll get the box set and do them all in one hit. Take a week off work and watch them all in one go. Absolutely. How can someone not have seen The Godfather? Oh, no, it's ridiculous. Two people there, in literally, what, 15 minutes or so, two people who hadn't seen the classic film The Godfather. Wowzers. Still no. can't believe you haven't listened to Stairway no, to Heaven. Not eight heard minutes it. of pure joy. Eight, a, eight minutes long? Yes, oh, I've got better minutes. things. Now, listen, Justin, we're out of time. I know you've got another Vox. Mm. We'll play it later on. Can we just have ten seconds of it now? Would you mind? Oh, Okay. Well, we can't. We can, but we'll be late for the news. Oh, we'll be okay. Just oh, the first ten sakes. seconds. Right. This person is fantastic. Uh, here's their views on on the films they've missed out on. Oh, you're such an idiot. You're such an idiot. I'm, assu- I'm assuming that's part of Stairway to Heaven, yeah, is it? Yeah, the intro, which is just pure joy. You're an idiot. Go away. Thank you very much indeed. And you're fired, Kelly Betts. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. 
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Slow this morning on the A5 southbound through Mark Yate. It's looking busy round Lynch Hill and as you make your way down towards the M1. The M25 anti-clockwise slow into the roadworks. Waltham Abbey to Enfield. Busy as you go past Kings Langley at Junction 20 and slow again from Maple Cross round to the M40. Also quite slow into London through Borehamwood on the A1 from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Piccadilly line tubes, severe delays act in town to Uxbridge. Signal failure at Alperton. Metropolitan line now runs with minor delays because of a signal failure at Neasden a bit earlier. And on the Northern Line Archway station still closed because of a power failure. Trains across the three counties, though, running well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Stop trying to sneak in bits of Stairway to Heaven on my show. What bits of pop culture have you missed? Um, Trisha, oh, Trisha Gollop wants me to listen to the song and calls me a big baby. No, 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 I'm not a big baby, Trisha, how rude. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's seven o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, independent inquiry at Bedford Hospital, thin blue line set to get thinner and little Gadsden suspect due in court. BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent inquiry will be held into the removal of trainee doctors which led to the closure of paediatric services at Bedford Hospital. Children's A&E and overnight care will be provided at neighbouring hospitals until a final decision on the service's future is made in March. The hospital's acting chief executive is Stephen Conroy. He says it's essential that young doctors' concerns about poor supervision by senior staff are addressed. Having trainees removed is is not unique, um, but it doesn't happen very often. The board want to know, is this about one individual consultant? Is it about one department? So the review has to find out uh, what happened, uh, what was the cause of it, what we can do to fix it, and then we can apply that learning uh, across the organisation to avoid this happening again. Bedfordshire's police commissioner fears frontline jobs may have to go if the government doesn't relent in its demands for more savings. The Prime Minister is suggesting falling crime figures prove the police can be effective with fewer resources. But Ollie Martin says he's already running a trim-down service. Because of our size and because of the particular challenges that we face in Bedfordshire in terms of policing challenges, we are heading for a place where, you know, because we've potentially done all the collaboration we can do, because we're as efficient and low cost as we can get um, we're running out of places where we can find the savings mm. that we're being told by the government that we've got to find other than looking at frontline policing a man's due in court today charged with the murder of 66 year old graham buck in little gadsden last weekend ian mclaughlin has been charged with robbery and possession of cannabis a man and a woman will also appear at court in hatfield charged with assisting an offender a report says last year's Olympics and Paralympics have generated a trade and investment boost to the UK economy of almost £10 billion. Both the government and the London Mayor, Boris Johnson, says the increases come from firms securing contracts, additional sales and foreign investment. But Mike Cherry from the Federation of Small Businesses says he's not sure the boost has been felt outside London. Out in the regions, we found that uh, the effects of the Olympics and the Paralympics and the contracts that we were expecting really didn't materialise, I, I, I suspect, as much 
much as many people were hoping for. A lot of work went into it at the very beginning when it was all announced. And although some businesses certainly got some really good contracts, for the vast majority it just didn't happen. The Chancellor George Osborne's given plans, uh, details of plans to offer large tax breaks to companies involved in the extraction of shale gas. The government wants to encourage production by cutting the tax on the income generated from 62% to 30%. Environmental campaigners have described those plans as a disgrace. In sport, day two of golf's Open Championship is underway and Rory McIlroy has it all to do. The world number two said he felt unconscious and brain dead as he carded an eight over par 79 at Muirfield. The weather, dry, hot and sunny with a top temperature of 27 degrees Celsius. That's 81 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I'm so... No, Again. No. I can't believe... Well, I can believe it. No. Stop it. Just, Pay attention. I'm just... I'm, just, I'm so sorry. Just, Justin Dealey has come in, OK, to have a picture taken for... I can't see I've had a flash. Uh, to have a picture taken for Facebook um, mm-hmm. of, of him holding a copy of Grease and me covering my ears to imply that I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. Mm-hmm. But when you have a picture taken with... You know when someone takes a snap? Quick yeah. snap, done, right, move on. Justin has to check them, doesn't he? Oh, he like does, Mariah Carey. He has to give them the Justin Dealey Thumbs Up Fun Award. We just took eight, pic- eight snaps of him holding a DVD and me covering my ears. No. No, no, put the, try it with the flash on. No, and, no, uh, that, that one will do, girl. And let me guess, he's doing the same face he always does. He's doing the Dealey pouch. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> we'll put the picture online soon. You'll see. Oh, I'm blind now. I can't see. Look. Forget the fact I'm late for the show. Deary, deary me. Uh, uh, we're having far too much fun this morning. It's not professional. It'll stop. It will stop. I literally can't see now because of that flash. Oh dear. <clears throat> Only another two hours. We can stagger through this. We can stagger through it. Now, it's a story that's led the news all week. Bedford Hospital and its decision to close paediatric services. Well, parents have been voicing their concerns about it. A meeting was held yesterday to look at the way forward. We'll find out about that. But if you are a parent, how concerned are you? How will this affect yours and your child's life? Bedfordshire Police has been earmarked as one of two forces in the UK which is likely to have to make cuts to frontline policing that looks for ways to make savings. That's according to a report by Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary. Well, we've spoken to the Police and Crime Commissioner. What are your thoughts on it? And what huge pieces of pop culture have you missed out on? I've never heard Stairway to Heaven all the way through and Delia's never watched Grease. Lots of you commenting on Facebook. We'll find out what you're saying in a bit. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give us a call 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. There's growing concern amongst parents who use Bedford Hospital about the future of children's services there. An independent inquiry was announced following a meeting yesterday, although that won't be delivered until autumn at the earliest. 
Yesterday, our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, spoke to acting chief executive of Bedford Hospital, Stephen Conroy, who said, while it's not ideal, it's just not safe to take a sick child to Bedfordshire Hospital at this time. The most important thing when you treat a child is that you've got competent paediatricians on site. Um, So it's not about how quickly they can get to the hospital. It's about the expertise of of the doctors uh, and the team. And given our uh, reduction in doctors, uh, we just can't guarantee to provide a full service 24-7 at present. You're going to get a, uh, an independent inquiry conducted. What do you hope to actually find out through that inquiry? OK, well, we need to understand what, why this happened. Uh, you know, having trainees removed is, is not unique, um, but it doesn't happen very often. Uh, we need to understand what were the problems that the, the trainees raised. They were concerned about clinical supervision, so that's working with our individual consultants. The board wants to know, is this about one individual consultant? Is it about one department? So the review has to find out uh, what happened, uh, what was the cause of it, what we can do to fix it, and then we can apply that learning uh, across the organisation to avoid this happening again. And how are you going to get this message across, though? Because you've been very badly criticised by politicians and by uh, patient groups for the lack of communication that they feel has been coming from the hospital. Uh, How are you going to address that? We have been communicating the message since Monday. I I totally recognise that uh, the type of message we're we're putting out is is making parents anxious and and worried about where they should take their children. Um, But we've only had uh, a few days to get the message out. It's a very urgent change. The GMC gave us only a couple of weeks' notice uh, of removing trainees. They have extended that slightly, so we've got till the end of July. But it's a tight timetable to get the message out. But we believe that we can do this because we're working with the schools, we're working with the, the GPs. In the hospital, we're talking to our patients, we're writing to every patient who's a frequent user of the service. So it's, it's not fully out there today. Um, but within the next few days, I, I think that a lot more people will be clear uh, about that message. Stephen Conroy, Acting Chief Exec of Bedford Hospital, talking to our reporter, Paul Scoynes. Well, I'm joined now by Dr Peter Parry Oakden, who is a Bedford GP and part of the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group, which buys NHS-funded healthcare for everyone in the country. He joins me now. Uh, good morning, Peter. You were at the meeting yesterday. How do you feel it went? Um... Well, it was certainly an interesting experience for me to be at a meeting like that. It, I've never never been in anything like that previously. Um, there were large numbers of the public there. Um, it was it was packed with people. Um, clearly, very concerned about the future of uh, paediatric services in Bedford. We heard um, s- some very passionate. Uh, questions from members of the public they weren't actually allowed to ask questions throughout the meeting so they were only allowed questions at the very beginning so we didn't get the full flavor of of what their concerns were but i think it was very clear from their responses in the public gallery that they were you know very concerned and worried about the future but the, one of the, the, the problems that we've had and the complaints we've heard from other people is that, that Bedford Hospital have been very vague on on their plans uh, uh, were they any clearer yesterday um well, I think that I think the plans that came out were fairly clear in that you know they were saying we're not going to be doing very much paediatrics at all from um, from August. Um, apart from they were going to have nurse-led ambulatory care for those patients with long-term conditions that need to be seen regularly. So I, th- I think there was clarity of it, but there was a real concern expressed by the fact that the A and E department would be closed to all children, and I think there was some recognition at the meeting yesterday that maybe that that 
could be looked at to see whether we couldn't actually provide some of the care locally. And certainly we talked about actually general practitioners in Bedford um, might be able to take up some of the slack from some of the patients who currently go to A&E who actually have sort of conditions that could actually be managed in, in primary care. So um, we're, we're looking at seeing how we, we could perhaps help, help with that to reduce the number of children that would have to travel elsewhere. And I think, you know, we, we also, there may be some scope at looking at some of the uh, criteria that is used to see if we can improve on that. So what to you, make fewer patients have to go. What do you think of this idea for patients to use the GP when they can? Is, is, will that work to take pressure off local hospitals? I, b- I believe it can. I mean, the, the number of children that attend A&E on a daily basis is not that many. I mean, it's 50 or 60, we are told. Um, and, you know, we have 25 practices in Bedford. So we, we wouldn't actually have to see very many children each day in order to, to um, reduce the um, demand on the A&E department. So um, we're, we're starting to talk to colleagues about w- what we can do to achieve that. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure that they will be willing to help in any way that they can. Dr. Peter Parry Oakden, uh, Bedford GP, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots of you commenting on Facebook about your, your gaps in popular culture. What have, you, what have you missed? What have you not seen? Oh, Alison says, I went to the cinema 14 times to see Grease when it came out. It, it's a girl's... Aidan says, hang on a second, I've never seen The Sound of Music or Blackadder. You've never seen Blackadder or The Matrix. Oh, the Matrix is a little bit uh, overrated. Um, Andrew says, I've never had a blood test. I've never seen Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter films, says Darren. I've never seen Lord of the Rings. They look, they, they look rubbish. And also, the thing about Harry Potter... Right, I've never read a Harry Potter book. I watched the first Harry Potter film. And then a, a few minutes into the Harry, first Harry Potter film, I realised it's for children. Harry Potter is for kids. And you see these adults on the train reading the uh, adult versions of Harry Potter. No, there is no adult version of Harry Potter. They are children's books and children's films for children. Anybody over the age of 15 that reads Harry Potter or watches a Harry Potter film needs to sort their life out. There endeth the rant. Carolyn Pashby says, I've never seen Titanic, never will either. I watched Titanic last Christmas for the first time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a. It was on. I thought, oh, let's watch this rubbish. I thought it was a cracking film. Philip says, I've never seen The Office. Helen says, I've never watched Dirty Dancing. And Mark says, I've never seen any Star Wars or Harry Potter films. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What are your huge gaps um, in popular culture? Let's have a quick look at the front pages. Was, was there a woman with her skirt blowing in the wind? Is this really... Oh, it's Kate Moss. Is this really the front page of the Times? Kate Moss wears big skirt that blows up in wind. Really? As she goes to the Ivy restaurant. I've been to the Ivy. It ain't nothing special. There was a bug in my salad. There was a bug in my salad. This was years ago when I was being courted by TV people. I wouldn't, wouldn't go myself. It's really disappointing. BBC chiefs broke rules over golden handshakes. Scandal of how inflated payoffs were fixed, says the Times. Uh, holiday blows at fuel price surges. Oh, there's going to be a massive fuel increase. Did you know that? It's going to go up four or five pence um, a litre. We'll be talking about it a bit later on. Will that affect the way you drive? Drive slower. Independent. Um, uh, outcry at fresh hacking cover-up. Exclusive, Britain's FBI refuses to name blue-chip firms who commissioned corrupt private investigators. 
Uh, and you thought you were feeling hot, says the Guardian. There's a, uh, a guardsman um, in, uh, what do they call it, a bearskin, and he's sweating. Oh, he should be allowed to take it off. Or he, he Maybe he's got ice underneath there. It's just packed up with ice. May warned over police cuts. Five forces at the limit of austerity. Bobby's on the beat under threat. We've been talking about that this morning. Um, and the Bee Gees. All oh, the Bee Gees are in G2. Now, there's a review of a new Bee Gees biography. I'm not a massive fan of the Bee Gees, but the review of the Bee Gees biography said, the author seems less concerned with their music and more concerned with their personal riv- rivalries and drug problems. Oh, ho, ho, I ordered it straight away on the basis of that. Ah, it's nice watching my team chomping down on a sandwich and a biscuit, respectively. That's good, that's good. I hope they're enjoying themselves. The Daily Express. Uh, 95 degrees, it's going to get hotter. No end in sight for heatwave. And in, uh, inside, seven simple steps to beating Alzheimer's, page two. I've got to find out what these are. I wonder if they're the same seven steps they printed a few months ago. Seven steps to health. Slash intake of saturated fats. Main diet staple should be vegetables, so eat healthy. Eat nuts and seeds, so eat healthy. Get a daily dose of vitamin B12 from meat sap, so eat healthy. Number five. When selecting multivitamins, choose those without iron or copper. Six. Avoid using cookware, baking powder, so eat healthy. Seven. Exercise. Right, now, listen. Not being funny, someone got paid to write that down. Daily uh, Mail. Rail bosses on £11 million. Gravy train, that's clever. You see what they did? And the sun. Knock back in anger. Oasis star and the love child. Liam, Liam dumped writer when she got pregnant. He goes on 10am Ibiza cocktail bender. 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment, things are looking particularly slow on the A5, southbound from Marquette toward the M1. The M25 anti-clockwise, heavy traffic from Waltham Abbey toward Enfield, Junction 26 to 25. Then it's slow again as you go past Kings Langley at Junction 20 and from Maple Cross round to the M40. Looking at the M40 on the cameras, it's all moving fine there. Sensors aren't really picking up any other major delays across the roads at the moment. If you're travelling by train a little bit further up Virgin Trains lines into the Midlands. They've got delays possible. Birmingham New Street to Wolverhampton because of signalling problems. Northern Line Tube, well, Archway Station has reopened now following the power failure earlier today. Piccadilly Line still runs with severe delays Acton Town to Uxbridge because of a signal failure. And there was a signal failure at Neasden, meaning minor delays for the Metropolitan Line. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. 717, it's Friday the 19th of July. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent inquiry will be held into the removal of trainee doctors which led to the closure of children's services at Bedford Hospital. Bedfordshire's police commissioner fears frontline jobs may have to go if the government doesn't relent in its demands for more savings. In sport, the Manchester United David Moyes has this morning again insisted Wayne Rooney is not for sale after Chelsea had a bid for the striker rejected earlier this week. I suspect, I don't know a lot about football, but I think they might be playing a little game here. Coming up, do you remember we spoke to Ken Spooner? His kids have been taken away from him five years ago and he was fighting in a Zambian court to get them back. Well, we'll find out what happened to him when we speak to Ken in a few minutes. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Roberto Peroni, debating the local issues. Bill Rowe is uh, a guardian angel. He needs volunteers for his Luton chapter. This is not being a policeman. You can't do a policeman's job. It is giving safe passage to more vulnerable people. Roberto Peroni. A red kite has been rescued from a tree in Hertfordshire. There was a lost parrot in the three counties and I was ready to mobilise our best people. Forget snakes on a plane. This is snakes in Hertfordshire. Potentially 27 of them. Roberto Peroni. I love the animal stories. I do the animal stories. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555. Now, Milton Keynes' man was in uh, court in Zambia yesterday hoping to win the right to bring his sons back home. Ken Spooner's partner, Zanetta Niandwar, took their two young children on a family holiday to her native country five years ago, but never returned. As a result, he embarked on a legal case that has cost him thousands of pounds and years away from his children. The founder of an organisation called Pact, Parents and Abducted Children Together, spoke to me yesterday. Lady Catherine Mayer has been through this herself. A former husband abducted their children and took them to Germany in 1994. She saw them for a total of 24 hours over a 10-year period. She says situations like this are not uncommon. Well, it's bigger than people anticipate. And, in fact, it is a growing problem, and which is naturally the case because there are more and more international marriages more and more travel, more and more divorces. But sometimes you also have abductions perpetrated by parents of the same nationality. Let's say two Brits living in America or in Germany and one of them wanting to return home and defy the law by taking the children without the other parents' agreement. Well, she has spoken to Ken about his case, but what happened at the hearing in the Zambian Supreme Court yesterday? Ken's on the line. Morning, Ken. Good morning, Ian. Ken, what happened? How did it go? Ah, what an amazing day. After almost five years of struggles, finally, Judgment Day came, um, and uh, the appeal against my um, the judgment for sole custody was dismissed, and I'm now in a position to return home with my children. Hey, fantastic. So you won. That's brilliant. Yeah. How did you feel uh, when the judgment was uh, was announced? Oh, well, it was a very emotional time. I was I was very nervous all the way through the uh, the reading out of the judgment. Um, but uh, it, it's a fantastic judgment. It says everything that's happened, um, and uh, I, well, I just I just can't wait to get home with my kids now. So, have you got your kids with you? No, not right now. Um, I, the, the court ordered that uh, they be handed over to me within four days of the judgment. Um, so. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to happen. It may happen today, tomorrow, you know, but certainly by Monday. Is it, um, is it definitely going to happen, Ken? Are you not worried that, that she's going to do another runner? There's always something in the back of my mind that, that says, hey, you know, there's alarm bells here, be careful. Um, and, uh, you know, and it won't be real, of course, until I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in England with my voice. Uh, and, and what's the plan when you get home? Uh... A massive reunion, I think. Um, my my mother hasn't seen her grandchildren for five years. Um, there's my sister and uh, nieces and nephews and cousins and, you know, the whole family, really. I mean, this this affects more than just the parent and the children involved. Yeah, of course it does. It's, it's, it's the whole uh, extended family. And, and when are you when are you looking to fly home? What, what Have you got a date in mind? I haven't, no. Um, I'm kind of you know, keeping around the wraps a little bit for now. Right. Um, but uh, I think certainly 
uh, within the next week I should be home. Ken, listen, give us a call next week. Let, just let us know that everything's okay and you've got the kids home. But that, that is fantastic news. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm over the moon. I, oh, I bet you are. I bet you. Of course you're over the moon. You've got your kids back. Superb stuff there. Isn't that fantastic? Imagine that. I, we were talking about this yesterday. It's more common than you think that parents, one parent, nicks off with the kids. Imagine how that would feel. Just taking the kids for holiday for a week. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, you've been back in a week. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Two weeks later, when are you coming back? Uh, yeah, mm, about that. We're, we're not coming back and you're not going to see them again. How on earth would that make you feel? That must be terrible. Um, we're asking this morning, your gaps in popular cultural uh, things. What haven't you done? I've never seen, uh, I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. Justin Dealey has never watched Grease. He's planning to watch it after the show this morning. I'm supposed to be involved in it. I'm, I might try and nick off early, if I'm completely honest about it. What, what things have you never heard, have you never seen, have you never done? Scott uh, on, on the Twitter says he's never seen a musical in a theatre. Musicals in theatres are weird. I'm not really a fan. I like Jersey Boys, but that's not a proper musical. Those, those shows where it's um, lots of uh, hits of bands, I don't, I don't really class those as musicals. Uh, I, I like hair, and not just because you see them in the nuddy. Although that bit is good. That bit is very, very good. But I do like hair. Musicals in theatres are weird, though. I always I get a little bit uncomfortable when they start singing. Because where, where, where are we supposed to look? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Here, here's something that's going to uh, affect all of us. There are warnings we could be on the verge of a big rise in petrol prices. So if you intended to go on a driving holiday in the UK to keep costs down, it may end up being a little bit more expensive. The AA says prices could soar by five pence a litre. On average, both petrol and diesel prices have already increased by one pence a litre in the last month. Well, if prices went up again... Would that change your driving habits? Would you cut down? Would you sell the car? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Howard Cox is the co-founder of Fair Fuel UK, a nationwide campaign to keep prices low. Howard, why are these prices set to go up again? Well, there's a number of reasons for this, and good morning to everyone. The, the issue really is that actually is speculation, oil price speculation. Now, obviously, with the, the problems in the Middle East, particularly Egypt at the moment, and bear in mind Egypt isn't the biggest supplier of oil in the world, it, it seems to be that oil speculators sitting, we don't know where, in banks, in brokers, etc., are actually dictating what the prices will be at the oil price level. Is there anything that can realistically be done to keep prices low? Well, there's two things. As you know, uh, I'm sure you, all of your listeners know that 60% of what goes into their tanks is tax, and that's VAT and fuel duty. The other 40% is made up by retail, oil pricing, etc. What we need is a full oil pricing and petrol pricing, diesel pricing study investigation by the Office of Fair Trading. We submitted a survey on Monday to three, you know, with 370,000 uh, signatures to it, with MPs, with uh, the backing of the RAC, 7 million members, 20,000 hauliers, and it was turned down because they said they haven't got much evidence. Interestingly, it's amazing that earlier in the year, the EU Commission actually raided offices of Shell in London. So there must be evidence laying around somewhere. And also the US Senate is actually carrying out an investigation into oil speculation and prices as well. There will be some people listening, Howard, who say, well, it's good that petrol's going up because with all the environmental damage that cars cause, people should be paying more. Yes, yeah, so I, I hear that. We, you know, many a time I'm actually on actually radio stations talking with environmentalists. And we, all, our 370,000 members of FairfieldUK.com, they are not 
actually against having a nice greener environment, but they have to get to work. They have to buy food. Everything that uh, sits in your office, sits in people's houses, arrived on a lorry. We are a motoring economy, and we need to have cheaper fuel to get the motoring or get the economy motoring again. Is I mean, petrol is very expensive. Is petrol going to become unaffordable for the average driver? Absolutely. It's already that way. There's a lot of uh, what we call fuel poverty. We're talking about gas and electricity, but it's also true about people in petrol. There are people giving up cars, people are giving up their jobs. There are nurses, district nurses, who can't afford to go to work because they can't afford to go, go to see their, their patients, etc., etc. It's happening now. It is already too expensive. We need to get back or, or in line with European parity, which is about 25p cheaper. Howard Cox, uh, co-founder of Fair Fuel UK. Well, what do you think? Petrol goes up. I mean, it's expensive now, isn't it? Kind of, but 136, 137 kind of uh, thing. It's been a little bit more expensive. That could go up by another five pence. If it does go up, would you have to uh, um, rethink your lifestyle? Maybe sell one of the cars, maybe sell both the cars. Um, Maybe not drive to work, get the bus, walk. Would you have to rethink the way you live your life if petrol went up? Do so give us a call, 08459 455 555. <clears throat> or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC uh, 3CR uh, and have your say on that. W- one tip, drive slower. Drive slower, for goodness sakes. Uh, I do a lot of motorway driving, and by driving uh, at 60 miles an hour on the motorway, it makes such a difference... It makes such a difference to, um, uh, t- to the amount I spend a week. Makes such a difference, the amount I spend a week, by uh, just driving a little bit slower. Just slow down, ease off. Ease off a little bit. 15 quid a week, I reckon I can save by doing that. Give me a call. How will the difference in price affect the way that you use your car? 08459 455 555. You can send me a text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Maybe you'll have to um, cut down on trips at the weekend with the kids. Bikes. You wouldn't want to make a move to a bicycle, would you? Oh, I can't think of anything worse than riding around on a bike. Absolute nightmare. Also, I'm using more petrol. I've got the AC on in the car. Yes, you see, that makes a difference. Right, 7.28, let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. Things aren't looking too bad this morning. Certainly the M1 looking clear on the cameras. No problems yet for the A1 or the A1M, but it is slow if you're using the A1 into London through Boreham Wood. Southbound from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus, there's quite a queue building on the cameras there. It's all slow moving. On the A5, speed sensors are picking up some delays through Mark Yates as you make your way southbound towards the M1 at Junction 9. It's looking pretty slow past Lynch Hill. Everything running fine in Milton Keynes. No delays around Bedford yet today. The A6 is looking pretty clear on the speed sensors. Down to the M25 though and plenty of traffic coming through anti-clockwise from the M11 in Essex round toward the roadwork section which starts from Enfield at Junction 25. Then it's slow from Chorleywood all the way to the M40, Junction 18 to 16. The A10 is quite busy in Enfield from Bullsmore Lane to Southbury Road. On the trains you have 
Uh, delays of up to 10 minutes now for Virgin Services off in the Midlands between Birmingham New Street and Wolverhampton. They have a signalling problem that's affecting them through there and it could cause some late running services to come through Milton Keynes but at the moment everything looking absolutely fine. Piccadilly Line Tube, severe delays, Acton Town to Uxbridge. This is a signal failure at Alperton and on the Metropolitan Line you're going to find minor delays after a signal failure at Neasden. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Adam. Coming up to 7.30, let's get the news and sport now. Here's Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. An independent inquiry will be held into the removal of trainee doctors, which led to the closure of children's services at Bedford Hospital. Bedfordshire's police commissioner fears frontline jobs may have to go if the government doesn't relent in its demands for more savings. And a man's due in court today charged with the murder of 66-year-old Graham Buck in Little Gadsden. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. It was Australia's day at Lords as England's top order struggled for runs on the opening day of the second Ashes Test. The home side closed on 289 for seven after Ian Bell hit his third successive Ashes century before being bowled out by Australia's Steve Smith, who took three late wickets. And Bell hopes that's a good sign for England's bowlers. Smith's come on and turned it straight away, so it's uh, you know it's, it's nice signs for us. But again, you know we've got a lot of important overs with with the seamers. Um, if the dry conditions stay, then we know we've got quality bowlers that know how to reverse swing the ball. And then obviously the later the game goes on, the spins going to come into it. Day two of golf's Open Championship is underway and Rory McIlroy has it all to do. The world number two said he felt unconscious and brain dead as he carded an eight over par 79 at Muirfield. American Zach Johnson's a clubhouse leader on five under par. England's Oliver Fisher and Scotland's Martin Laird are best placed Britons on one under while the US Open champion Justin Rose ended the day on four over. Hope Powell says she absolutely still has the appetite to remain as England women's manager despite her side crashing out of the European Football Championships at the group stage last night. A 3-0 defeat by France ended their campaign. And Chris Froome was penalised 20 seconds for taking food inside the final five kilometres on yesterday's stage 18 of the Tour de France. Despite the punishment, he was still able to increase his overall lead to five minutes, 11 seconds, with just three stages remaining. I was running out of sugars there towards the end, so um, we'd actually had a little bit of a mechanical problem with the car earlier on, so I think it wasn't with us towards the bottom of the last climb. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at 8 o'clock. That's just cocky, isn't it? Well, that's I think arrogance. with five minutes to spare, you can be, can't yeah, you? Yeah, you're, you're, you're so far ahead. You stop for a Le Big Mac, that's just taking the mick, isn't it? I think it? you should sit there and wait till they're in sight and then pedal off again. Exactly. Go, Where have you been? <laughs> I'm waiting for... Oh, no, not really! <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about. The price of petrol. Um, uh, we're talking about Mepishall Care Home as well. Do you remember if we spoke to a gentleman uh, earlier in the week who had to find a new place for his mum by Friday? Well, did he manage it? And also talking uh, about bits and pieces you've missed in popular culture. Well, this morning, uh, we are asking, how safe do you feel when walking through your local park? Uh, Earlier this morning, we heard from David Trundley. He says there's a problem of antisocial behaviour along the riverside in Buckingham, and he says not much is being done about it. Among the problems are people drinking alcohol, being rowdy, and generally foul-mouthed, and a little bit of sexual behaviour going on as well. Well, our reporter Barry Caffrey visited the park yesterday and this is what some people had to say about their experiences. My husband came home one evening and uh, 
Late in the evening, there were two, about 200 teenagers, mostly underage drinkers. One girl, he said, couldn't have been more than 15, was lying across the bridge that leads over to the Stratford Fields, which is the football club. But obviously, you know, comatose on alcohol. So it, it, is, it is an issue. It speaks volumes because, I mean, the, the, the car park area, uh, they've had to put speed bumps in there because of late night whizzing around in cars and all that sort of thing. So there is an element of it, yeah. I came down at lunchtime and there was a young crowd of girls and boys and their language was really rude and disgusting and very loud so you could hear it probably the whole way along. And what did you do? Does that put you off coming down here? I think it does because I mean you just come down just to chill out, eat your lunch, your break off work so it isn't very pleasant and there's quite a few elderly people that do come down and I think it's very uncomfortable for them. Well, that was some people in Buckingham speaking with our reporter Barry Caffrey yesterday. Mike Smith is a town councillor for Buckingham Town Council and is also chairman of the Neighbourhood Action Group. Morning, Mike. Have, have you spotted the problems in this park? Oh, yes, we're aware of the problem. We have been for a, a year or so, which is why we've taken some action to try and avoid it. What, what kind of things have you seen going on in the park? Well, as described by, by your, your, your previous contributors, um, I, I think some of those reports refer to a time back, you know, things have improved, but we're certainly aware um, on the riverbank there, there have been groups of drinkers fairly late at night putting off people who want a late-night stroll and this sort of thing. Well, we heard David Trundley, the listener who, who got in touch with us, says it, it's still happening, and it's still happening in the daytime. People drinking in the daytime, people smoking spliffs in the daytime, sexual behaviour... I, I heard David's comments, yes, and, and, and he's right, but it has reduced. The police have taken a, 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 a pretty robust line with this. Um, the, the new inspector covering the neighbourhood team um, has got a zero, um, zero, zero tolerance on, on such matters, and the police, I do know, have confiscated alcohol. Um, they, they have put restrictions on people, telling them not to, so they can't come back within 24 hours and, and this sort of thing. Well, hang on, Mike. Com- confiscating alcohol, if you, if you confiscate my can of white lightning that's cost me 32 pence, I'll go and buy some more white lightning. And if you tell me not to come back in 24 hours, well, uh, I'll, I'll be back in 24 hours. And That doesn't really do a lot, does it? Well, it's what the police can do. Um, uh, if, you, if you don't think that's enough, then you need to take that up with Thames Valley Police. They can impose on-the-spot fines, can't they? They can, and they have done. And, and how, how successful have those fines been? Is it fi- £500 fine? Is that it for drinking in the site? I, th- I think it's around that. I'm, I'm not sure of the exact figure. How I, many of those I, fines have been, um, been handed out? I don't know. Um, I, any? I, I don't have, I don't have a, um, access to, to Thames Valley Police statistics. Have any been handed out? Yes. OK. More than ten? I have no idea. This, this is something you need to take up with the police. Well, in, in the greatest, greatest respect, uh, Mike, as a town councillor and chairman of the Neighbourhood Action Group, I would have thought you might have discussed this with the police. I have discussed it with the police. But, That's how I'm aware that action has been taken. But you've not asked them for specific numbers? I haven't done, no. Why? Because their, their, their statistics are produced on a monthly basis and we'll be picking it up next Wednesday at a Neighbourhood Action Group meeting. So, you, so next Wednesday you'll know how many on-the-spot fines have been handed out uh, to, to, for antisocial behaviour in the park? Yes. Fantastic. Could we speak to you next Thursday and get the details on that? We can indeed. Superb yes. stuff. Same time, same what, place. So, you, 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 exactly. It's, it's a date. Uh, should the police be given more powers, do you think, Mike? Uh, I... I, th- I think they. I think they've probably got enough powers. Um, they, they they tend to take a fairly soft approach to start with, and then get hard, which is I know they've been doing with a, a particularly hardcore dr- uh, group of drinkers on the riverside at Buckingham. So, if there is a hardcore group of drinkers that, that, that keep returning, 
obviously there's there's not enough being done. If they keep coming back, this the, I, I think they're local people, so they do keep coming back. Yes. Um, but if they but keep coming back being antisocial, then obviously... Yeah, it is, it is, yes, uh, and they do upset a lot of people. Um, but it, it is a police issue. All the town council and, and the neighbourhood action group can do, and it's two different, different groups, um, the town council have increased, at the police request, a number of designated no-drinking signs um, for the area so that the police can take whatever action they, they wish to. The neighbourhood action group monitors... Um, matters and, and tries to come up with ideas to resolve problems and that. I mean, the Neighbourhood Action Group or the Town Council don't have any powers to move people on, stop them drinking, stop alcohol being sold, etc, etc. Uh, I don't know if you've got kids or grandkids, but w- would you take children to this park while there are people drinking, engaging in sexual acts and smoking drugs? No, I would not. No, I'd, I'd be very worried about it. And as a town councillor, I am concerned because we're very proud of our parks. We keep them really smart and that. And we have picnic areas that people can enjoy. And, and behaviour that's been described by, by your your um, your listeners and that is not something that we're, we're particularly happy about, as you can imagine. Mike, listen, uh, thanks very much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Maybe we'll speak to you next Thursday and, and get some more on those figures. OK. Thank no you problem. very much indeed. That's Mike Smith, town councillor on Buckingham town council chairman of the neighbourhood action group sounds like some great parks and there are some great parks if you fancy having a cheeky spliff if you're if you're a stoner then there's lovely lovely places to go and hang out but if you're a family if you've got kids and you want to go for a kick around with the boys or the girls hey come on uh then you wouldn't really want to see that i mean what's that funny smell daddy what's that man doing why has he got no trousers on you don't yeah exactly you don't want to see that do you Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Have you seen this behaviour in the uh, the parks? Not just a Buckingham, at Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Have you come across it? What do you think? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. Pat's in Houghton Regis to talk on policing. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. We've, we've had two police stories recently. Yesterday that crime has gone down, and today that um, the, well the, the, we're going to have to cut down on the number of bobbies on the street. What, what's your take on all of this? Well, we, we might as well cut down on the bobbies on the street for what work they're doing with reducing the crime levels when it comes to antisocial behaviour and other low-level crimes, it, it really angers me because, you know, when you ring them up and say, well, I've got some footage of kids on a motorbike with no crash helmets. Of, I took footage because it was in my car. They actually come across my car. Come and have a look at it. Oh, yeah, we'd be down. Yeah, we'd be down. That's seven weeks ago. Not a sign. Not a sign. But c- the crime figures are down, Pat. Did you not hear David Lloyd in a couple of days ago? Yeah, it's all, it's all, oh, what do they call it, PR stuff, isn't it, really? How can you... can you... always, you can manipulate crime figures by just giving people warnings. They don't get recorded. You sound a bit dubious about the whole thing. What would you like to see done, Pat? Well, I'd like to see the PCSOs disbanded and put more frontline police... Um, real policemen on the beat, out there doing a the job. But there's not there's not the money, is there? And, and I'm I'm not quite. Everyone says I want to see more bobbies on the beat. I'm not quite sure if that actually makes a difference, does it? Well, it, it, there is money there because if you do uh, get rid of all the PCSOs, you've got money straight away. And instead of having those as professional witnesses, as Bedfordshire Police Corps, then we don't want professional witnesses. We want policemen that are actually going to arrest people. And that's the difference. But do bobbies on the street... This is always the line everyone... What do you want for police? I want to see more more police on the street. 
I'm not convinced that having, you know, seeing two coppers walk down the street, I'm not convinced that actually has an effect on the levels of crime. No, it won't have an effect on the levels of crime if you've got people from the top saying to their bobbies on the beat, just warn them. Don't give them, don't issue any uh, uh, tickets to them. Just warn them and maybe they may not do it the next time. And these criminals laugh at our police when they're on the street. They don't really... Uh, they're not given the powers that they they really strive as policemen to use. And that's what they need to have, those powers back. Pat, thank you very much indeed. Pat and Houghton Regis. Well, what do you think? Oh, 08459 four double five five double five. After nine, JVS is arcsing. Do you honestly think we need more police on our streets? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Doing, doing, doing. Ah. The Bee Gees are everywhere. What's ha- Why are the Bee Gees everywhere? Uh, they're in the G2. There's a new book out about them. They're on the front of the guard. Why are the Bee Gees everywhere? Oh, the, um, the, the lion is, um, is, is doing a tour, isn't he? I think, what's his name? Barry Gibb, the last surviving BG. BG. Uh, and he's given up his retirement to go back on tour. Um, I, 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 I never really got the Bee Gees. I'm not a massive... I'm not a massive Bee Gees fan. I like the early 60s stuff. I like... Um, um, what, what do they call it? Uh, I like words. I like I've Got to Get a Message to You, which I think is about a man being hung. Lots of songs in the 60s are about men being hung. Who can name another song about a man being hung? Anybody? Anybody? Tom Jones, Green Green Grass of Home. It's about him being hung. And that was... Here's a, here's a thing. The song before that was called Delilah. What's that about? It's about him stabbing a woman. The next song, Green Green Grass of Home, about a man being hung. Isn't that interesting? You couldn't release a song now, could you? About, oh, yeah, my, my girlfriend cheated on me, so I stabbed her. Kicked down the door and stabbed her. You couldn't do that. It's a weird concept for a song. Tom, got a great song for you. Think it's going to be a smash hit to follow up with It's Not Unusual. Oh, yeah, lovely. What's it about then? Well, basically, you um, you see a silhouette of your um, girlfriend having a bit with another fella. Oh, yeah, lovely. Someone's going to go on. What happens next? Well, you kick down the door and you stab her. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic, boys. We'll do that. Yeah, lovely. You, you, you wouldn't get it now. You wouldn't get Justin Bieber doing a song about putting, well, no, about putting a cap in someone's backside, but maybe you would. Maybe you would. You never know. 08459 oh, four double five five double five is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, quick look at the front pages. The Independent, Outcry, Fresh Hacking, Cover-Up. Um, and Blood Money. Guess what's just been flogged off to private equity? What? They're selling our blood? Now that's a scoop. The government has been accused of gambling with the UK's blood supply after selling the state-owned NHS plasma supplier to bl- bl- Bain Capital. The US- We've sold our blood to the Americans. No, no. We used to own that island over there. And do you know what? I think it's about time we went back over there and took it back. They're not getting our blood. They're not getting our blood. Are they? The Times. Uh, Kate Moss uh, has a skirt that's blown up in the wind. Just as there were some photographers there. There's a coincidence. Um, The Guardian. There's a sweaty man. There's a sweaty man on the front page. That's not news. You should have seen me last night naked, sweating like nobody's business. Incompetent? I admit I used the wrong word, says Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch has admitted he was wrong to describe phone hacking and corrupt payments investigations by police into his company and its journalists as incompetent in a letter sent to the chairman of the Commons Home Affair Select Committee. Oh, yeah, all right. It was, you were wrong, were you? Rupee? Well, you were wrong. 
555 is the telephone number. Oh. And now I, I recognise that as Led Zeppelin. I'm guessing that Stairway to Heaven. Stop it! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. They're very determined, aren't they, Ian? Really? They're keen to get it in. I'm not listening to Stairway to Heaven. Yep. I respect your decision. The M1 northbound, as you make your way over toward Northamptonshire, there's a lane closed off between Junction 16 at Daventry and 17 at the M45. Lane 1 is closed there. We're not sure why. Could be an accident, could be a breakdown. We'll give you an update on that as soon as we have it. But certainly something to be aware of if you are travelling north this morning. Things looking clear on the southbound side of the M1. No problems as you make your way past Milton Keynes. All looking good around Luton and down toward London. The A5 quite busy though. The A5 slow in Mark 8 from Lynch Hill down toward the M1 at Junction 9. The A414 in St Albans looking quite slow on the speed sensors as you come to the London Coney roundabout and the A1081. Things running well in high Wickham though, no problems on the M40 M25, slow anti-clockwise from the M11 back in Essex round to Enfield through the roadworks and then it's slow from Chorleywood to the M40. Into London the A1 busy in Boreham Wood, Stirling Cornet to Mill Hill Circus. Virgin Trains report delays off in the West Midlands from Birmingham to Wolverhampton. Metropolitan Line Tube minor delays because of a signal failure and severe delays on the Piccadilly Line, Acton Town to Uxbridge because of another signal failure. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio Adam, thank you very much 7.46, it's Friday the 19th of July. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An independent inquiry will be held into the removal of trainee doctors which led to the closure of children's services at Bedford Hospital. Bedfordshire's police commissioner fears frontline jobs may have to go if the government doesn't relent in its demands for more savings. In sport, day two of golf's Open Championship is underway and Rory McIlroy has, has it all to do after carding an 8 over par 79 at Muirfield. Oh. Coming up, we've been following the story of uh, the Meppershort Care Home. Today, it's closing. All of its residents need to be out. We'll be speaking to one gentleman to find out if he did manage to find somewhere for his mum to go. Before that, here's the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. It's going to be another glorious day. Lots of blue skies and sunshine right across the three counties. A little bit of an easterly breeze picking up. You might feel that across parts of Hertfordshire today. Um, best of the temperatures, we're looking at uh, across Buckinghamshire. Now 28, 29 degrees Celsius quite widely here, I'd say. Still 27, 28 degrees across the other two counties as well. It's going to be another lovely day. Lots of sunshine and some blue skies as well. As we head through into this evening and overnight, a few changes. We've got clouds spreading in from the east. That's going to stick around for much of the morning, I think, uh, tomorrow, and then gradually clear to sunny spells into the afternoon. So, yes, there will be some sunshine around tomorrow, but not quite as abundant, and we will have to wait a few hours through the morning for it to develop, I think, particularly across parts of Hertfordshire once more. It is going to be cooler over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I think we're looking at 24 or 25 degrees Celsius as a high. So, um, um, yeah, a little bit more refreshing, but the hot and the humid weather is going to be back into next week. Yes, the heat has been quite dry so far, but it's going to turn a lot muggier next week and temperatures possibly climbing into the 30s again. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. 
Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. Today, to celebrate the beautiful weather, we're taking the programme to the Waterways Festival in Watford. Nick Coffer. We'll bring you all the sights and sounds from the day, including learning about the boating lifestyle on the Grand Union Canal. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Plus, I'll have a go at Brick Lane, there'll be live music, and I'll get to meet one of the UK's last surviving towpath tractors and finding out what they actually are and what they do. Nick Coffer. Live from the Waterways Festival in Watford, today from midday on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, today, a Bedfordshire care home, which was criticised in a report by the Care Quality Commission, will close its doors for good. The story about Meppershire care home has certainly moved on very quickly. We covered it at the end of last week. Then, on Monday, the news was broken on this show that Central Bedfordshire Council were announcing, announcing it would shut and all 70 residents would have to find alternate accommodation. We heard Beryl's story. She had to find a new place for her husband, who has Alzheimer's. Fortunately, she was able to find one quite quickly. He moved in on Monday and uh, settled in, well, as far as we know, settled in very well and she seemed very relieved by it all. On Tuesday, I spoke to Wally Thrale from Sandy who was in the process of trying to find somewhere suitable for his mum. Well, Wally joins me now so we can find out what happened. Wally, any success? Yes, she moved yesterday into a, a home in Hitchin. Fantastic. How, how, when did you find this home? Um... We went round on Tuesday. Well, we knew about it anyway because uh, a relation of my wife had stayed in there before anyway, so we knew about the about the place. So she's moved in. Um, one of the things that we sh- my mum was asked by a social worker was that did she want to move to another place? And if she said no, then I think she would have had to have gone home, which would have been mm. a crazy situation. Yes. Now you, you remind me, your mum has Alzheimer's, doesn't she? Yes, mild dementia. Uh, and and, and it, it would have been impossible for her to go home and live on her own or, yes. or live with you. So the home was essential. Yes. Are you happy with one of the concerns was location, wasn't it, for you and I think your sister being able to, to go and visit? Are you happy with the location? Uh, well, it's it's longer for me to get to and it's also quite a bit more expensive which means our money will run out uh, sooner than r- later so <laughs> that's not helped either mm. um, and I know of somebody else that was trying to find somebody and they still were struggling to get a, a place so it might have been uh, it might have been advisable to try and find out if there were enough places before they closed it uh, How happy are you with the help that you got when um, the, from the council in terms of finding a place? We wanted to find it ourselves because uh, they. I, my view was that the council wanted to get everybody out and they weren't really concerned about where they went. They could have gone out of county as far as they were concerned, but they just wanted everybody out. We wanted to make sure that the place was A, acceptable and a decent place, and B, somewhere we could get to reasonably easily. So we had different priorities to the council. They wanted to get everybody out by today. In terms of payment, there'll be some people listening who don't quite know how it works. I'm assuming your mum has got over the, over the threshold, over, is it £23,500 in savings? Yes. So that means she's responsible for all her care. That's right. Uh, and, and just remind people, when it falls below that threshold, what happens? Um, then the council will start paying. But I, the, the social worker was at great pains to point out to me that as soon as she gets to this uh, threshold, then she won't be able to stay where she is at the moment because it's too expensive and the council won't pay for that. So, so she'll have to move again. She'll have to move again. It's just, uh, it, it, it's an unfortunate chain of events. How was mum on the move? Was she okay? Yes, I understand she was. My sister went in yesterday, my wife did, and my daughter. Um, I wasn't able to go yesterday, but uh, I understand everything was okay um, after the move. So, yes, we are, we're in a position where we didn't expect to be last week. Mm. And did, did, did she seem to be settling in okay? It wasn't yes. too stressful for her? 
no, I think a lot of the, the, there's a lot of caring people where she's gone, yeah. and uh, they were at great pains to make sure she was okay and looked after and all that sort of thing. So, yes, she was, she was being cared for well yesterday. Uh, and did, did, you, did you speak to any of the other residents of the home, any other families, about how they were, they were coping with this? Well, there's somebody else I know um, who's got a, a relation in there, and uh, she emailed me a couple of days ago saying that, uh, um, that her parents were trying to find a place for this uh, relation, and they were struggling. Because um, this is what we found. We were going around many care homes or phoning them up and they had no places left because they were being booked by uh, by the people coming out of Membershaw. This is my point to the council. Perhaps they should have made sure there was sufficient space available in the county before they closed the place down. It all happened very quickly, didn't it? Last it week did. we were talking about how uh, you know they needed to buck up their ideas because the CQC had, had failed it on several things and they were looking to the future and we can turn this around. Then suddenly on Monday, yeah, sorry, it's closing. Everyone's got to be out by the end of the week. Well, they didn't get the new manager any time. She was there for about eight days, I think, something mm. like that. Eight, nine days. Uh, that's hardly time to turn things around. And they say, they'd said on Friday, oh, we want to have make sure things are going to get better. And then on Sunday, they decided to change it uh, and close it. I mean, it's it just not consistent, the things that they were saying. Uh, I, I just don't understand where they were coming from. There seems to be a, a bit of an agenda here, and I don't understand what it is. In your opinion, Wally, how has this all been handled? Poorly. Poorly. Uh, there was such far too lack of consultation. Um, it all came about very quickly. There might have been a, a problem in one particular area, but it seemed to have affected the whole of the home. When we visited, and we visited many, many, many times, we didn't see any untoward in that, in that place. My mum was in the Raleigh uh, floor, and it, the care was good. She was looked after well, so we didn't see any of this coming at all. Wally, listen, hopefully Mum will settle down and uh, she'll enjoy her time in the new place. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. That's uh, Wally Thrale there. Very stressful, very stressful finding a home for someone. Uh, 08459 455 555. Hey, kids! Petrol's going to go up. I know, that's great news, isn't it? We're all using a bit more petrol because uh, the uh, AC, the AC sucks that juice down like there's no tomorrow. Could go up as much as five pence a litre. Well, how is that going to affect your driving habits and your lifestyle? Les is in Luton. Les, if petrol goes up by five pence a litre, what changes are you going to have to make? Well, the problem, Ian, I won't be able to make no change. I just got to live with live with it. Um, 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 I used to have a petrol car and I changed from petrol to diesel because at the time diesel were cheaper. And since then, diesel have gone up and gone up and gone up. Right? Now, you mentioned about taking the bus. Yeah. If we all ditch our car um, and take the bus, they would they would done the same thing. They would just put up the bus fare because it it's, it it would be big demand um 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 for the buses, and they would just continue to keep keep on putting the bus fare up and up and, and up. So it's it's a no win situation for people like like me and others. Well, hang on, Les. If more people use the bus, they wouldn't need yeah. to put the bus fare up, would they? Because it would they, they'd be making even more money. Or am I being yeah, naive? But, yeah, but remember, there were more diesel cars on the roads yes. these days than, than what it used to be, and they did the same thing. Did they? Yep, you know, you're absolutely right. Five pence a litre is a lot of money, Les. You, you, you just have to suck it up, would you, and uh, absorb that cost? Um, um, I, I just have to be, because I, I'm, I'm understand a few weeks ago, American was paying about two pounds a gallon, right, for their petrol, and they were crying. Two pounds a gallon. Mm-hmm. Right? They said 
petrol are bought in dollars. So why are we paying so much for our petrol in Kuwait? I understand the, um, the price of a litre of petrol in Kuwait is five pence. What? Five pence a litre in Kuwait? Right, hang yeah, on a minute. I'm, gonna dro- I'm driving to Kuwait, Les. I'm going to stock up. <laughs> Les, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Dawn says, they've been putting up prices again over the last month. My local area has gone up at least five pence in that time. Shame they never bring it down when oil prices drop. Downright greedy. Jeanette says, Bedford is the most expensive place for petrol. In Uxbridge, it's 133.9. And Taunton, it's 128.9. 133.9 I'd jump at, to be honest. Um, Tammy says, I don't have a choice about whether to drive or not. Firstly, the buses round here only go to Bedford, almost as if nowhere else exists. So I'd probably have to take at least two buses to get to work. Second, trains aren't too expensive to use on a regular basis. And finally, I couldn't manage to carry off, uh, carry all the metal equipment I have to carry on public transport. Uh, Trevor says, it seems that the petrol is already creeping up now. It's up to 136.9 around Houghton Regis. Um, And a comment, we've got an email here. People are talking about um, antisocial behaviour in a park. A story that a listener uh, got to us. Um, Andy uh, in Chesham, uh, Bucks, has uh, emailed us. Some people really don't want other people to have fun. Young people by the river, even drinking, outrageous. Move them on so the decent, i.e. old people, can do what they want. If they're hammered or aggressive, maybe. But they have the right to enjoy the place too. Some people just don't remember, want to remember what it's like to be young. Well, I suggest that, yeah, having a spliff and and, uh, having, you know... Can you say having it off on the radio? I don't know if you can. But indulging in acts that that should be kept within closed doors, I would suggest, is antisocial behaviour. And you don't want to just sit people there with cans of Strongbow and uh, Diamond White, do you? In a park? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound, you're going to find a lane closed on the exit slip at Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur. There's been an accident there and things are looking slow. Further northbound, we've found out what's going on just across into Northamptonshire. It's a lane closed off because of a broken down lorry. It's having a tyre change between Daventry and the M45. The A5 southbound around Markyate looking slow between Lynch Hill and Luton Road. Quite busy down toward the M1 at Junction 9. Anti-clockwise M25, heavy from the M11 through to the A10 at Enfield and into the roadworks, then slow again from Chorley Wood round to the M40. The A1 looking slow if you're driving into London through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. All clear on the M40. Good news for the trains. Virgin back to normal in the West Midlands. Metropolitan line, a normal service running once again after the signal failure, but still severe delays for the Piccadilly line. Acton Town to Uxbridge. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. In the next hour, more on Beds Hospital. And how will the increases in petrol affect you? On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, GPs may take on Bedford Hospital Services, frontline policing concerns in Bedfordshire and Little Gadsden suspect due in court. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedford's GPs may take on some of the children's services currently unavailable at the town's hospital. Dr Peter Parry Oakden from the Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group is looking to address concerns raised at a public meeting at Borough Hall yesterday and he told Ian Lee current plans to send children to neighbouring hospitals could be modified. There was a real concern expressed by the fact that the 
A&E department would be closed to all children. And I think there was some recognition at the meeting yesterday that maybe that that could be looked at to see whether we couldn't actually provide some of the care locally and certainly we talked about actually general practitioners in Bedford um, might be able to take up some of the slack so um, we're, we're looking at seeing how we, we could perhaps help help with that. Bedfordshire's police commissioner has expressed concerns about the sustainability of the current level of frontline policing in the face of more cuts. The Prime Minister is suggesting that falling crime figures prove the police can be effective with fewer resources, but Ollie Martins feels there's very little room for manoeuvre. What HMIC's report highlights, particularly in relation to Bedfordshire, is that we are facing a cliff edge. Um, We have done everything in terms of collaboration, in terms of how we use our resources. Um, We have cut crime by an above average amount. We have performed really well but we're now at a point where the only further cuts that we can make are to the front line and as HMIC highlight the thin blue line is getting worryingly thin. A man's due in court today charged with the murder of 66-year-old Graham Buck in Little Gadsden on Saturday. 55-year-old Ian McLaughlin has also been charged with robbery and possession of cannabis. A man and a woman will also appear at court in Hatfield charged with assisting an offender. A man from Hertfordshire has been jailed for stealing £133,000 that was supposed to go to charity. Christopher McKnight took the money from his best friend after he passed away, as Lee Agnew reports. The court heard the 53-year-old from Bovingdon was executor of the will which said the money should be given to the charity Action for Children. But McKnight transferred the money to his own bank account, which he then used to pay for a lavish lifestyle. Although attempts by the charity were made to recover the money, he avoided handing it over. McKnight from Howard Agney Close pleaded guilty to theft and was sentenced to 27 months in prison. The government has given a positive assessment of the benefits of Britain hosting the Olympic and Paralympics last year. A report says the Games cost around £9 billion to stage and have already brought in more than that. It also says there's been a rise in long-term participation in sport and people volunteering to help their communities. Speaking of sport, American Michael Mira is one shot off the lead after two holes of his second round at the Open Championship. Overnight leader Zach Johnson tees off this afternoon along with Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose. The world number one Tiger Woods is three shots off the lead and he starts his second round at 9.44. The weather dry, hot and sunny with a top temperature of 27 degrees Celsius. That's 81 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Tiger's got his mojo back, yeah? Ah, and we know how where he gets his mojo from, don't we? We know where Tiger Woods draws his golfing powers from, don't we, Catherine? Hey, hey, ah? Lots of practice and hard work? Ye- oh, is it? Oh, I thought it was... Oh, hmm, nice one. Morning in Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the last hour of the show. And then it's the weekend. Oh, yes. I'm going to learn banjo in a hotel room in Birmingham today. Yes, I am. Going to Birmingham. I've got my banjo and my How to Play Banjo book in the boot of my car. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to annoy everybody else in the rooms either side of me. I can sing it. I can't do it with my fingers. Lots coming up on the last hour of the show, including the story that's led the news all week. Bedford Hospital and its decision to close paediatric services. Parents have been voicing their concerns. The meeting was held yesterday to look at the way forward. We'll have the latest on that. Petrol prices could go up by five pence a litre. Oh, thanks, petrol guys. Thank you so much, petrol guys. Apparently in Kuwait, it's only five pence a litre. I'm going over there and filling up my little green jerry can. Petrol goes up. How will you have to change your lifestyle? Sell a car? 
Sell a kidney. Sell a kid. And with the revelation, I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. Just a bit of it. Justin Dealey has never seen Greece. And uh, political reporter Paul Scoynes has never seen a horror film. <laughs> He's never seen a horror film. What bits of pop culture have you missed out on? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text as well if you want. 81333. Start your text, 3CR. But the best way to get in touch, this is how we all prefer it, isn't it? Isn't it? It's the telephone. Give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. There's growing concern amongst parents who use Bedford Hospital about the future of children's services there. An independent inquiry was announced following a meeting yesterday, though that won't be delivered until autumn at the earliest. Parent Anna Menendez says Milton Keynes is just too far to go in an emergency. I'm really worried about it because my child just had uh, convulsions, fits, because of temperature, so I had to call the ambulance or I need things locally. Children get sick. If I'm in Milton Keynes, it's a long way and you are worried. I'm the only one driving in my family, so I have to take them. I will be worried sick during and in the motorway or A6 or A421. Here it takes me 10 minutes, but for hospital, and I always had a good experience over there. Well, I'm joined now by Richard Fuller, Conservative MP for Bedford, who joins us now. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Richard, how did the meeting go yesterday? Well, I commend the Mayor for holding the meeting. I think it was useful for everyone to look at some of the issues. There were some concerns that came out. In particular, I'm concerned that time is ticking on the ho- for the hospital to get these, their plans in place so that the concerns of the uh, local resident you just, we just listened to uh, are allayed. What have been the concerns, ra- concerns raised by your constituents? A lot of them are concerned about transportation. Um, you know, normally, if you have a very sick child and you have to go to Great Ormond Street or to Addenbrooke, you do have to pay for the transportation. But here... The changes being made because of failures at the hospital. And a lot of mums and dads are saying, now it's going to cost me, instead of costing me maybe three or four pounds, it's going to cost me 24 pounds or so to go over and see my child if he or she gets sick in Milton Keynes. And for hard-pressed families, that's quite a lot of money. And there's no answer yet on how if, and whether it would be possible to subsidise parents whilst paediatric services are transferred to other hospitals. We've heard on this show uh, from uh, several local people who want you, uh, Richard, to, to do more. They think you have the power and that you can make a difference. Well, I think the most important thing is uh, you know, patient safety, and I don't think you want a politician making decisions about patient safety. I think they've had 10 uh, different forms of doctors uh, and ambulance services involved in coming up with a plan that's safe on paper. It's their job to make sure that it's safe in practice. It's my job to be like a bad rash all over that hospital to make sure they get this done. So what are you doing? Well, I'm planning to continue the conversations that I've been having with the hospital, conversations with the Ambulance Services Trust to see if they can make sure they've got the uh, adequate ambulances in place, with the commissioners about the consultation. Yesterday at the meeting, John Rook, the head of the uh, the commissioning group, said that he was interested in people to take part in the consultation. I want to take part in that consultation because I think it's important there's a strong local voice. And I also think there needs to be a strong local voice in the inquiry. Uh, King's Fund and the Nuffield Trust are, are excellent academic medical bodies. But what we need in that inquiry is also some people who can 
speak up for Bedford and speak up for their patients. And so I should be pressing the hospital to include those local voices in that inquiry too. There must have been a point, Richard, uh, looking back at this, at which this issue could have been resolved so the public and us would never have have been aware. Things could have been sorted out uh, in the past. This needs to be closely scrutinised because it it would appear that so many things have gone wrong. I think that's right, Ian, and and it goes back a number of years. I think people say it goes back to 2005 that there have been warnings issued by the deanery to the hospital about concerns for supervision clinical supervision of the doctors in the pediatric, junior doctors in the pediatric unit. That's why we need a very thorough, detailed inquiry to look at what went wrong. I do, though, believe that right now, you know, any organization, when you're in a crisis, you have to focus on getting the plan ready, the services ready for when changes are made. And as we saw in the uh, review yesterday, there appeared to be uh, a little bit more the hospital needs to do to get that plan in place. So for now, Personally, my focus is going to be on making sure the hospital's doing all it can to get everything ready for parents by the end of this month. We've heard that trainees who uh, um, raised concerns were made to feel very uncomfortable and were told they were being emotional. Some people have suggested there may have been uh, a bully or a culture of bullying from some of the senior staff at Bedford Hospital. Are you going to look into that, Richard? Well, I am. I think one of the things that we're seeing in this new era of uh, transparency and openness in the NHS is the public don't want to have stories about doctors being told to be quiet. I think uh, in the past there were gagging orders in the NHS so that uh, people who left the NHS couldn't say about, talk about some of the problems. We need transparency, we need openness. And if there is evidence of junior doctors being bullied, being told that they shouldn't spe- talk about things that were going wrong, then that evidence needs to be shone in the light of day. That's the job of the independent inquiry. And that's why I'm concerned we have local people involved in the inquiry, not just the medical experts. For a town the size of Bedford not to have a fully functioning children's unit, that, that's embarrassing, isn't it? It's a disgrace. It, it doesn't show the town you represent in a very good light. No, we need to have a, a full range of modern paediatric services in Bedford that are sustainable. But I think that's slightly different from slapping back as quickly as possible a situation that's not safe and sustainable. Um, so the opportunity that we have caused by this failure at the hospital, the opportunity if there is one, is to decide what that modern range of paediatric services should be in Bedford and to put it on a sustainable basis so that it isn't susceptible to the same shortcomings that the existing paediatric services obviously were. Sorry, are you saying from that 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 paediatric services will return but they'll be scaled down from what they they have been in the past? No, I think they'll be modern. If you look at some of the work that the Royal College of Paediatricians are talking about and the way in which they talk about the delivery of paediatric services today, if they were to design the day, these are the experts who deliver their care. They look for a different configuration, maybe putting more resources out of the hospital into the community. But it does mean that the full range of services will be available to people uh, in Bedford. But not in the hospital. Different way of delivering, exactly. A different way of delivering. It may not, maybe not all in the hospital. Oh, this is interesting. This is because we've we've been uh, Stephen Conroy, the uh, acting chief exec, who's a little bit vague. I, I think we we, we can uh, we can say that quite safely. Has, has sort of implied that he hopes to have the paediatric unit up and running uh, by March of next year. But d- it, you're saying that they might, all of those services they'll be available, but they might not be available in the hospital. They'll be out in the community. They might be out in the community. They might be delivered at the hospital by a different group. For example, we have eye services delivered at Bedford Hospital by Moorfield. Moorfield's an excellent specialist in eye services and they deliver it at Bedford Hospital. That could be the solution in the future, that we get a modern set of paediatric services delivered by the experts in that area. 
And uh, Dr. Hilary Cass, who's the head of the Royal uh, uh, College of Pediatricians, I think has, has, has written and spoken about this. And I, I'm keen that we get the best, uh, most up-to-date thinking about pediatric services so that we can deliver a sustainable range of pediatric services here in Bedford. Uh, the government has talked about big medical centres, centres of excellence. Do you see that Bedford Hospital is, is one of the victims of this, that it's, it's gradually being scaled down? No, I think we need to see this as for what it is. This is a, a, clinical, a failure of clinical supervision of junior doctors. And uh, Dr Ed Neal, who's the medical director of Bedford Hospital yesterday, was speaking that he's already in communication with the deanery to return those junior doctors. Returning those junior doctors enables that unit in Bedford Hospital to go back to... Uh, providing the range of services, albeit as I would hope, on a modern, sustainable basis uh, in the future. And I think we need to focus on the problem that is, not on some problems that may be out uh, out there, but actually aren't really I- impacting Bedford at the moment. Well, and finally, uh, Richard, that we, we've spoken to lots of parents who are worried about how their lives and their children's lives will be affected by this. What, what's your message to them? Well, my message to them is if they have concerns, they should call the number, Bedford 730500, understand what was required for their child, any concerns that they would have, get in touch with the hospital, get in touch with their GP. The GPs, as, as Peter Perry Octum was saying earlier on your show, uh, the GPs, I think, feel very confident that there's a range of services they can provide uh, to support parents at this time. So speak to your GP, call the hospital on Bedford 730500, and get the information that you need to be sure about what's safe for your child. Richard Fuller, Conservative MP for Bedford, thank you very much uh, indeed. If you want to have your say on that story, it's interesting, isn't it? I, 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 I feel we're getting set up for some services to resume uh, at the hospital at some point, but not all of them. Some of them are going to be sourced out. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Uh, if you want to give us a call, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. And of course, you can send me a text. Oh, by the way, earlier on, we had a, a, a story uh, about those uh, naughty drunk people. Uh... Oh, get out, Kelly Betts. You're such a child. I didn't know there were flutes in it. You're an idiot. I don't want to hear. St- oh, it's eight minutes long! Oh, turn it off! Turn that. Turn it off! Stay away. Take your stupid phone. Oh, I, can't throw my phone. I just threw it. I didn't know there were flutes on stairway. Well, recorders, probably recorders. It's eight minutes and two seconds long. Stairway to heaven. Oh, I haven't got time to listen to that rubbish. For goodness sakes! Very, very naughty. Very naughty. Oh dear. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Maybe, maybe it was a tin whistle. The M1 northbound looking slow as you go past the Luton Airport Spur at Junction 10. There's a lane closed on the exit slip road there because of an accident and it's causing short delays. Northbound, there's also problems across into Northamptonshire. A broken down lorry having a tyre change between Junction 16 and 17. The A1 looking slow at the minute with queues coming down toward the Black Cat roundabout southbound quite clear along the A1M and then busy again as you come into London on the A1 approaching Mill Hill Circus as you come down through Boreham Wood. The M25 anti-clockwise still looking pretty busy from Chorleywood round to the M40 and on the tubes you have severe delays for the Piccadilly line between Acton Town and Uxbridge because of signal failure at Alperton. Tickets are being taken on local buses through there. Good service on the rest of the line, no other tube problems and the trains on the departure boards looking pretty good. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Adam! 8.16, it's Friday the 19th of July, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Bedford's GPs are being asked to consider providing some of the children's services which have been suspended at the town's hospital. Bedfordshire's Police Commissioner Ollie Martins has expressed concerns about the frontline jobs in the face of more government cuts. In sport, Ian Bell says England's cricketers are still in a good position in the second Ashes test, despite losing three late wickets against Australia. Coming up, we'll talk more about police on our streets. The current level of frontline policing in Bedfordshire could be under threat. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every Saturday morning from six. Do you trust the NHS because there are problems afoot at Bedford Hospital? David Priva. There was a doctor present. He had a look at it and he said, don't worry about it. What was it then? I'm desperate to know what was wrong with you. It was Achilles. Achilles tendon. They told you to walk it off. Yeah. Every Saturday morning from six. We were in our paediatrics department being told that our four-year-old son, as he was then, was a type one diabetic. And without the paediatrics team, um, we probably would have gone to pieces by now. David Priva. Every Saturday morning from six. On BBC Three Counties Radio. He walks like a penguin. He talks like a penguin. He walks like a penguin. But I got wise. It's JVS in disguise. Gosh, you're in a Friday mood, aren't I you? I am. The sun is out. I've got a banjo in the boot of my car and I'm going to learn it in a hotel room in Birmingham. Now, it's very funny. Uh, isn't this funny? Yep. Because you've been looking a bit pale this week and yet today you've obviously... You were out in the sun yesterday, weren't you? You've got a nice little slightly rosy head. I w- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this, yeah. Now, this one, yeah. No, I was striding purposely, purposefully through um, Oxford Street yesterday. Oh, it was hot in London. Was it? In London, yes. Oh, it was horrible. Well, very London's un- a very hot place. It was very unpleasant. But yes, I'm glad it's given me a little bit of colour. It has. You've got a nice little bit of colour. The reason I was um, singing that song was because you do. You, you were just tiptoeing in there, a little bit of tippy toes. Out of the corner of my eye, trying not to disturb me while I was doing the news. Mm. And it disturbed me because I, I could just see you... Looking like Pingu as you came in. Yes, I do have a funny waddle. You've got a little waddle. I do have a funny waddle. Why uh, is that? I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know. No. I think when I'm walking with purpose... Yes. ...then uh, I think my walk is all right. Yeah. But when I have to do what I would call a leisurely stroll... Yeah. ...I do look like a duck. I don't know why. I think it must be something to do with my hips. Perhaps my hips are a bit funny. Your hips don't lie. <laughs> no, that's true. I fell in love with you a little bit yesterday. Oh. <clears throat> no, th- what's wrong with that? What, what do you mean you fell in love with me? I got a little bit of a radio man crush on you. Oh, why? Because, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of the consumer, Al. And you fell out with one of your consumers. It was wonderful. The fella, the water, um, was it yesterday? The water yeah. um, uh, the, the meter thing. And he was calling about his son. And it turns out his son and his son's neighbour, they share a water meter. And the son's neighbour sounds very reasonable, wants to spend 750 quid to get the water separated. So, And, and he's like, well, why, don't, why should we pay that? I don't, I don't think we should, she should pay it. And you, <laughs> it ended so uncomfortably. Well, Jonathan, I, uh, I, I don't think we're agreeing on this. No. I don't think we are. <laughs> All right then. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. It was brilliant. It was so you uncomfortable. Liked that, did oh, you? I loved it. Oh gosh. No well, good I'm, for you for not I'm pandering to him. Please do enjoy my uncomfortable moments while I'm sitting in the chair squirming. You were right though. You were absolutely. Sometimes not everyone agreed. I had some uh, some people no. saying I was wrong. 
sometimes with neighbours, you have to spend a few quid yeah. to sort things out. Of course you do. No one wants to. No one wants to get a bill for 400 quid that they weren't expecting. But if it solves the problem, mm. then you have to do it. That's, that's what owning a property is. I'm sensing there might be a bit of history between those two neighbours. She didn't. The neighbour didn't want to speak to them anymore. No, I'm sensing there, there's more to this story. Yes. There's a history. Yeah. But as far as the water is concerned, no, I do think I think the sensible neighbourly thing to do is to say, well, look, let's look at a way of getting this resolved and then let's split the cost between the two of us. Yeah, of course. It affects both of us in a bad when way. You, when you own property, this is why you always have a little slush fund, slush fund, what do they call it? A little bit of a fund mm. for, for, for things that might happen to your property. The unexpected. The, the roof blows. Oh, I haven't got the money to fix it. Well, you should always have a few quid tucked away. Oh, I've got to pay 400 quid to my neighbour to separate our water supply. Well, mm. that's, that's life. The fence has blown down. It's my responsibility, but I've not got the money. Yeah, well, it's, that's life. You've no. got to pay for it. Buy a house. You've got these, uh, these kinds of responsibilities, haven't you? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we're like both, two old men. We're both turning into my mum. Isn't that nice? <laughs> now, you're, on your show this morning, police. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Mm, go on. Uh, on the big phone in this morning, do you honestly think we need more police on our streets? The current level of frontline policing in Bedfordshire could be under threat due to budget cuts. The Independent Inspectorate of Constabulary say making savings of nearly £20 million will mean there may not be enough police on the streets to do the job. Nationally, the police need to save £2.4 billion. But are our streets no-go areas? No, they're not. I mean, look at the crime levels yep. today. We know that crime is at its lowest level since, what, 1991, is it? And we've seen crime at its lowest level since 1991, despite fewer police on the streets. I mean, I don't know about you, but for as long as I've been doing radio phone-ins, people have always said, we need more bobbies on the beach. We'll see more bobbies on the streets. We need more visible policing. I'm not convinced that would make a difference. Well, I'm just wondering whether... I mean, when we get our council tax bill... Mm. Uh, each year it shows doesn't it how much you're paying for your council tax and yep. how much you then pay for the local police yep. i'm not sure whether ultimately i would want to see that bill increase mm. in order for me to have more police walking on the streets because perhaps it's not necessary mm. or is it from nine this morning do you honestly think we need more police on our streets oh eight four five nine four double five five double five balls pardon balls mothballs you need mothballs you've got a little hole in your shirt you've well, got moths do you know that is very interesting. I've worn this on purpose. Oh. For something coming up on the uh, on the consumer program. Oh, I shall be listening. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. One day I'm going to record the um, bits that Jonathan and I say off mic and um, uh, then uh, burn those tapes because we'll probably get into terrible trouble. Terrible trouble for it. Now, uh, as Jonathan just said, uh, the current level of frontline policing in Bedfordshire could be under threat. Her Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary, a group independent of the government and the police, say it's concerned about the force's ability to maintain its services to the public when faced with further budget reductions. They currently have until March 2015 to make savings of just under £20 million pounds wow well earlier on in this show ollie martins the police and crime commissioner for bedfordshire told me he agrees with the hmic's report i have been saying that because of our size and because of the uh, particular challenges that we face in bedfordshire in terms of policing challenges um 
we are heading for a place where, you know, because we've done all the collaboration, we potentially done all the collaboration we can do because we're as efficient and low cost as we can get, um, we're running out of places where we can find the savings mm. that we're being told by the government that we've got to find other than looking at frontline policing. Well, Bernard Ricks from Bedfordshire is an advisor to the police and has written several reports for the Home Office on policing and joins me now. Bernard, can Bed's police function with the deep cuts they face? 20 million quid by March 2015, they've got to save. There's some big challenges there. They, what the HMIC report identifies, though, is the challenge beyond 2015. The force has uh, identified the way it's, in which it's going to handle the cuts up to 2015 and the challenges beyond that can they do it it's it, huge amounts of money they have to save ollie martins has, has said already he's cut as many corners as he can i'm paraphrasing slightly they're in trouble aren't they if they've got to save this much money there's more to do and hmic says that as well it says um given continued pressure on budgets choice not to collaborate is a luxury that simply cannot be afforded um, Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire were going to collaborate on business support functions and that um, fell apart uh, about four or five months ago. Um, I know that the PCC is looking at uh, alternatives with Cambridgeshire, with Northamptonshire and with um, local governments within Bedfordshire. Um, the, uh, the onus is on looking for those opportunities that still remain within collaboration and collaboration is, it, it seems, uh, very much the way forward. We always uh, hear, quite often hear, we need more bobbies on the street. We need more coppers doing the beat. Uh, and people seem to think that having, you know, seeing a, a pair of police officers walking up and down a residential area will cut crime. Is that true? Well, it's certainly reassuring. If you see a, um, a uniformed uh, officer on the streets, then there's a significant amount of reassurance from that. And the absence of, of any uniformed officers does lead to some concerns. Uh, crime has fallen, a number of officers has fallen uh, across the country, and uh, if there was a direct link between the number of uniformed police officers and crimes, then you would have expected a time when we're reducing the number of police officers that crime would have gone up. Um, but the key here is on reassurance, and in, in my hometown of Biggleswade, I do like to see uniformed police officers, so I think the, uh, the wish to have... Uh, Officers in uniform is an understandable one. Well, Home Office research uh, in the mid-80s concluded that a patrolling police officer could expect to pass within 100 yards of a burglary taking place roughly once every eight years. Even then, they may not even realise that the crime is taking place. So it's, it, it's just to make people feel safer, isn't it? But it doesn't actually have, necessarily, an effect on crime rates. It, it, certainly, it's, it's reassuring. The, the major challenge, the bigger challenge, though, is in making sure that the way in which... Um, police officers and police staff go about their business is as efficient and effective as possible. And whilst uh, there is a great deal of reassurance and indeed intelligence to be obtained by police uh, officers um, working in neighbourhoods, uh, there are other ways in which uh, one can uh, improve the, the overall effectiveness of the force. Rightly or wrongly, um, the, the public don't particularly uh, feel warm to the idea of having more PCSOs patrolling the street. Um, and Ollie Martin has got to save this money. He can't win, can he? Well, he's keen to, uh, keen to, uh, keen to maintain or I think increase the number of PCSOs. Uh, and PCSOs certainly have a, uh, a value. They are... Um, individuals that certainly I would be very reluctant to see Bedfordshire lose numbers in. So, um, but they can't really do a lot, can they? They can, actually. They, they may not have the full powers of 
police officers, but what they can do is uh, tap into the uh, network of, in, uh, of information that there is in a the neighbourhood. They can um, have the same powers as uh, others who uh, can detain suspects until a police officer arrives. So they can't. Ar- if I'm smashing a shop window, could they arrest me? Well, they have the same, very similar powers to the um, uh, to you and I, and they are better versed oh. in those powers. So, could uh, they handcuff me? I can't recall the the exact uh, uh, powers under which you or I could could detain somebody, but that's certainly possible. Well, we can go. Yes, I could, I could put, I could put you, uh, Mr. Ricks, uh, if I saw you doing something naughty. I could put you under a citizen's arrest, and you could tell me quite politely to jog on, and then just go away, couldn't you? That, that is, well, do they have anything more than that? I don't know whether you remember a few years ago, but there was a, um, a government minister who um, actually detained somebody uh, in front of the, of the Houses of Parliament. And I can't remember what the individual was doing now. Uh, and that was perfectly, uh, that's perfectly legal. Um, the, I'm not encouraging that, though. That's certainly something where uh, we, we do need uh, to be able to call on police officers and PCSOs uh, and have them available fairly promptly in order to deal with instances where we do need police support. Bernard, thank you very much. You've explained that very well. Bernard Ricks from Bedfordshire, advisor to the police. Last 30 minutes, can we find anybody that's placed someone under a citizen's arrest? Can you imagine you see someone doing something naughty in the street? Maybe they're doing a bit of graffiti or they've just robbed an old lady. Right, right, you. Yes, come here. Right, stay there. You're under citizen's arrest. What are you going to do? I'm, well, I, well, put you under citizen's arrest and I'm going to call the police. Right, well, I'm just going to walk away. No, you're... No... No, come back! Oh, he's a, come back! You're under citizen's arrest. Oh, it's not fair. Have you ever placed someone under a citizen's arrest? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, it's still slow. A lane closed on the exit slip at Junction Ten at the Luton Airport spur following an accident there. The M1 northbound a little bit further on. It's good news because the broken down lorry has had its tyre change and it's now on the move again as you head across into Northamptonshire past Junction 16. The A5 slow southbound still. Speed sensors picking up delays through Mark Yate from Lynch Hill toward the M1 at Junction 9. Busy in patches on the A1. It's slow as you come to the Black Cat roundabout. Maybe a little bit busy on the A1M past Hitchin and definitely a queue on the cameras as you come into London through Boreham Wood from the Barnet Bypass down towards Stirling Corner. Broad hallway in Stevenage, heavy on the A602 going toward the A1M. Friaridge Road in Aylesbury is moving pretty well at the minute. It was looking a little bit slow earlier this morning. M25 anti-clockwise quite slow though from Chorleywood round to the M40. Trains running well. Tubes though, Piccadilly Line, severe delays. Acton Town to and from Uxbridge. Signal failure at Alperton. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. 8.31 News and Sport. Now here's Catherine. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines. Bedford's GPs are being asked to consider providing some of the children's services which have been suspended at the town's hospitals. Bedfordshire's police commissioner, Ollie Martin, says expressed concerns about frontline jobs in the face of more government cuts. And a man's due in court today charged with the murder of 66-year-old Graham Buck in Little Gadsden on Saturday. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
American Mike O'Meara is two shots off the lead after three holes of his second round at the Open Championship. Overnight leader Zach Johnson tees off this afternoon along with Rory McIlroy and Justin Rose. The world number one Tiger Woods is three shots off the lead and starts his second round at 9.44. Meanwhile, the course has come in for some criticism from the likes of Ian Poulter and Phil Mickelson who've labelled the pin positions a joke. The chief executive of the RNA, Peter Dawson, disagrees. We're very happy with the, the scoring. That's, that's about what we would expect. Uh, Good five under pars currently leading, that's about where we'd expect it to be. I do understand that some players get very frustrated. Ian Poulter, I know, for example, bogeyed, I think, three of the last four holes. Uh, hardly likely to be in the best of moods, but Ian's comments will be noted and, uh, and we'll have a look at it. But uh, we're still very satisfied that the course is, is, is playable, but indeed very tested. In football, England's women were knocked out of the European Championship after losing 3-0 to France last night. The defeat saw them finish bottom of Group C, although the England coach, Hope Powell, insists she wants to remain in the job. In cricket, it was Australia's day at Lords as England's top order struggled for runs on the opening day of the second Ashes Test. Pat Murphy was watching. A fluctuating day ended with Australia on top, due mainly to the occasional leg spin of Steve Smith, who took three wickets in the final hour, including Ian Bell for 109 and Johnny Bairstow for 67. They'd added 144, rescuing England, who'd early been 28 for three. Bell played superbly, becoming only the fourth England batsman to score centuries in three successive Ashes tests, while Bairstow, reprieved on 21 when bowled by a no-ball, looked secure enough till he was caught and bowled off a full toss. Smith's success proved that the ball is turning already, and that will be noticed in the England dressing room. And that's your latest news in sport. I'll be back with more at nine o'clock. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sing like a flippin' angel. Don't I? Don't I just morning Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't forget this week, or no, today, not until this week, today, uh, the new Best Of podcast uh, will be issued. You can get it by going to iTunes, type in Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E, uh, BBC, and it will pop up. You can get the last few. They are only up there for 30 days. So get them while they're still fresh-ish. Uh, you can also go to the BBC Three Counties page and follow the podcast link and download it uh, from there. About 45, 50 minutes long, best bits of the week. Some serious bits, some funny bits, some boring bits. No, we, keep, we cut the boring bit. We cut the boring bits out. We re- There's a little bit of JVS in this one as well. His brilliant call from, <laughs> from Melvin. I don't know if you heard his call from Melvin. Uh, this week it was it was very funny. Well, uh, the, the Melvin called JVS a Nazi. Quite, I looked it up. Apparently, he means Nazi. Anyway, anyway, it was an amazing bit of radio, and uh, JVS has uh, given me permission to put that in this week's podcast. I say given me permission. I had to license it off him. I had to pay him fifty pounds in cash. Is that is that sound about right? Is that how it works here at the BBC? I, I don't know. So. Um, um, oh, uh, yes, OK, very exciting, right. But before that, um, Ken is in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning, Ian. Ken, before I come to you... Yes. Justin Dealey. Hello, Ian. Yeah, I, I've just... Sorry, it's just been typed on my screen that you are a, a, at a local nearby Greasy Spoon. Is that correct? I will be in the next ten minutes, yes. I would love a scrambled egg roll <coughs> on yep. granary mm-hmm. with ketchup. Yep. And for my colleagues, a fried egg toasted sandwich with... Uh, a bit of tomato, tomato ketchup. Right, right. And um, producer Tara is okay. You see, you're like a dog, aren't you? Sorry? You see, yesterday, I-, I was kind enough to bring you what back a nice me? egg sandwich. Ken, uh, Ken, can we just... Sorry, Ken. breakfast. What, what would you like, Ken? I'll have... 
Double egg, sausage and chips. Chips for breakfast. Oh, Ken yeah. is a man yeah. after. I've not had chips for breakfast for years. <laughs> Jersey Oh, do you, Ken? Are you a fan of the hash brown? Not really. Oh, no. I, tell, I like I like the hash brown, and I tell you what, you don't get very often. What's that? Nice bit of bubble. <laughs> oh, bubble and squeeze. Oh, I love oh, a bit God. of bubble. I, you don't get bubble very often. You have to go into places. You got any bubble? No, not no bubble today, no, mate. No, they don't know how to make it now. So, Justin, roly poly. Oh, oh, Ken, I'm coming round for yours for a fry up. Then it's dodgy pudding. It took me all my time to get the wife to go out and buy some. Oh, I know. <laughs> Women these days, they've got no respect for the stodgy pudding, have they? No, no. So, Justin, can you sort all that out? Yes, I can arrange that. Good lad. We'll come to you. What are you talking about in the next few minutes? Uh, petrol, boss. Lovely. OK, well, you, we'll, we'll come to you in a second. Thank you very much. Ken. What? Now that... Sorry? Now... Yes. Yeah. OK. Now that breakfast... The breakfast orders are in, yes. which, which is nice, I believe you've called in about something apart from breakfast. Yes. Yeah, go on. Now, policemen. Oh! Nurses. Yes. And doctors. Yeah. Now, if you watch Prime Minister, Prime Minister's Question Time, yes. you'll find out where they all are. They're all on the front line. Huh? There's 4,000 extra police, yeah. nurses and doctors. Huh? But they're all on the front line. Because there's none there my way. So we'll have to move there, Ian. Where, now, where exactly is this front line, this is Ken? what I'm trying to find out, right. Ian. Yeah, yeah. They've kept that I secret. Can't, I can't, you know... I'll move there straight away if, yeah. you know. It sounds like a very safe, healthy place to be. Yeah, they can't have no crime there. Ken, have you ever seen uh, the movie Grease? Well, I've watched clips of it. Why? <laughs> it's not, don't worry, I'm not asking if you've committed a crime. Justin Dealey has never seen Grease. Well, he's not alone, really. We, we, we're going to be watching it at ten past nine this morning, Ken. If you're, you're in Luton, if you can pop round if you want and watch it through the window. We won't let you into the building. Oh, Security. No, I'm too busy watching out. I'm on neighbourhood watch. Oh, of course you are. You're watching from your bed, aren't you? Yes, I yeah. am. Okay, so you'll, you'll be watching. The... Have you ever heard "Stairway to Heaven" by the rock group Led Zeppelin? Yes. Okay. Have you ever seen an episode of Friends? No. Ah, we've got one. Mm, got him. No. I've only ever seen one episode of Friends, and I watched. I watched it twice. Okay, I saw this episode where they go um, to an ice hockey game, and then a few years later, I was ill in India watching the Star Channel where they were showing Friends. I thought, oh, I might as well watch the second episode of Friends I've ever seen. Oh. And I watched it, and I went, hang on a minute, Ross is going to get hit in the face with an ice hockey puck. Yeah. And he did, it was the, can you believe it was the same episode, Kenjamin? Well, there you are, it goes around. Comes around. Everything. It goes it's around. Totally Ian. Yes, Ken. You were talking about the old songs that they rung, they, they uh, used to sing about getting hung and all that. Be with you in a second, Justin. Yeah, yes. No yes, I did. The, the, the Green Green Grass of Home by Tom Jones, about getting yeah. hung. Lonnie Donegan. Yeah. Hang your head down, hang your head down Tom Dooley. You remember? Oh, go on, sing it to us a bit. Hang down your head, Tom Dooley. Hang down your head and cry. I don't know what... It's about as much as I know Oh, here. bless his sister. You know the gist of it. Yeah, I got this. Is, is that the same song as, as the one where he sings about um, does your chewing gum lose its flavour on the bedpost overnight? Oh, yes. Yes? That, that. Now, that is a song. You wouldn't get Justin Bieber singing about chewing gum unless he was being paid $10 million. Oh, well, that's it. That's it. We used to live in the old days. You are talking about that Sounds park. like you still do. Yes. Can you remember? Be with you in a second, Justin. We used to, <laughs> we used to go down to the fair at Wardam Park. I don't remember that because I never used to come with you but no, go on no but when we used to walk <laughs> through People's Park and Pope's Meadow when the growth, grass was about two foot high oh, oh my 
I love grass. Hey, you see the old heads going up and down there, boy. You know, you think it's a new thing. Kenjamin, I can't believe what you've just said, suggested. Yeah. <laughs> what a naughty boy. No, I'm doing your exercises. Oh, thank you very much indeed. I wonder where it is. Just for a second, my heart sank. <laughs> Justin. Yes. <laughs> How do I follow that? I, 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 well, you have to, sir. You have to. Listen, we're talking about petrol this morning. There is uh, strong suggestions that petrol could go up by as much as four or indeed five pence a litre. And on average, both petrol and diesel prices have already increased by one pence a litre in the last month. Justin, you've been looking at this for us, haven't you? Yes, I'm on uh, Farley Hill in Luton. I'm outside the BP garage for unleaded fuel. Uh, how much do you reckon they Ian? Um, um, for for unleaded, I don't know. Yep. I know that the, the, the um, oh no, it's one one thirty six point nine. It's one thirty seven point nine. They've here. put it. They've put it up this morning. Then they have put it up this morning. And uh, in terms of diesel, we're looking at one forty one point nine as we currently stand before any increases. Uh, so clearly, very expensive. Um, you've been getting reaction this morning. I've been getting reaction here, asking people how any sort of increase, uh, how that would affect their lives, and this is what people. Had to say quite dramatically. Uh, again, it just keeps going up and up and up. Um, but you know, my wife was ill a couple of years ago, she needs the car to get about. Uh, it's not something we've got a choice of giving up. So, so that car is absolutely essential to you, it really. is to us, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just my wife's sort of movement and freedom. Will it change the way that you drive? Uh, yeah, we're just gonna have to, uh, you know, make sure when we do go, it's essential sort of travel, really, you know, not just popping here and everywhere but make it essential visits that we need to do and just lastly it's the key question again whenever we talk about these things i always ask this question but what do you think will be a fair price for a litre of unleaded fuel oh blimey you know i i said well, i'll give it up when it went over you know sort of a pound a litre but that was a long while ago <laughs> I, I honestly don't know they've just got us something we can't do anything to to sort of combat it so, despite the price, which will go up, you'll just have to continue to, to keep on paying yeah. those prices. You, you've got no choice. That's right, exactly that. Exactly that. Um, from a work perspective, it'll have a huge effect, um, mainly because as a home care provider, my carers have to obviously put fuel in their car. Um, they have to make ends meet. Um, so, yeah, from a work perspective, it has a huge effect. Yeah. And we can all moan, can't we, about the price of things, but do you think the price of fuel, as it stands even now, but before the increase, is just vastly unfair? Very much, very much, especially for the people who work. It's going to affect it really badly. I can't, I take my mum and dad shopping every week. I won't be able to afford to do that. I can't afford to go shopping for myself, never mind them. And how unfair do you think the price of petrol is in this country? It's really unfair. Every time you turn around, it's gone up. They just seem to turn, uh, put the price up whenever they feel like it. How angry does that make you feel? Very angry. You know, I just can't afford to keep putting petrol in the car. It's it's getting ridiculous now. It is very expensive, isn't it, Justin? Very expensive. And, of course, it's, it's so essential for people. You know, people can complain if if the price of alcohol goes up, but clearly that's not essential for you to go down the pub and, and have a pint of lager. People need their vehicles. That lady there says that, that the relationship with her parents won't be as strong now, uh, and that's purely based on the price of fuel. Now, what I would say as well, Ian, that a number of people this morning are coming up to me and they're saying to me, why on earth haven't you listened to Steve? Way to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. We'll come back to that in a moment. But uh, here's some more views from people about the price of fuel. Take a listen to this. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. You're so funny. This is the bit I've heard. I know this bit. <laughs> yeah. 
I know that bit. And she's buying a stairway to. That's all I've heard. That's all I'm ever go. You so. I didn't know that was coming, Justin. Oh, there's a second clip of 48 seconds in my computer. Oh, I wonder if it's going to be another Vox because we often yeah. split the Voxes into two. Yeah. Or whether he's going to sneak in Stairway to Heaven oh, like an idiot. On. Come on, today. No. This is a special day. Today, I have never seen Greece. It came out back in 1978. Greece is the word. It's the word that you've heard. I've it's missed out. Groove, I admit that. Hands up. I've missed out. And you've missed out on Stairway to Heaven. Just sit down for eight minutes. We can have a cup of coffee and we can listen to the tune. It's pure joy. I tell you what. No, I'm not, it's not happening. Uh, but I tell you something now. You're going to hate Greece. Well, it's so boring. The feedback I've had so far has been, to be quite honest with you, horrendous. So um, I'm not looking forward to it. It's not as good as Big or Gremlins. <laughs> classic, classic films of their time. I love. Are you a fan of the Goonies? Love the Goonies. But isn't the listen? I'll come round and have a Goonies party with you. Do you know what? Years ago, I wanted to put on weight just so I could do the uh, what was it? The, uh, the the chunk shuffle, the truffle shuffle, was it called? Yeah, I don't, I don't Oh, yes. Uh, hang on a minute. T- Tim's in Luton. Tim, what, what do you want? Good morning. Good morning, Tim. I'm um, Stairway to Heaven. Yes. Rolf Harris version. Oh, Rolf did it, didn't he? Yeah, you must listen to that. It's infinitely better. Well, I, I, I'm not going to listen to any version of Stairway to Heaven. Oh, you poor chap. <laughs> well, listen, I don't mind callers when they're rude, but they're polite while they're doing it. Wasn't he a gentleman? Thanks, Justin. That was your cue, yeah. but that, that's... How He's got a point. He's got a point. Everyone's got a point. I don't know why, and you still haven't given me a definitive answer as to oh, why you won't ju- listen to, oh, to heaven. Justin, we're, we're losing the signal, Justin. Oh, he's gone. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Travel news for beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Slow on the M1 northbound, there's a lane closed on the exit slip for the Luton Airport Spur at Junction 10. An accident on that exit slip road, so one lane is closed off, and uh, it's not looking too bad, certainly it's looking a bit better than it was. The A1, quite slow at the Black Cat roundabout, mainly southbound. The Barford Bypass not looking too slow on the A421 from there. As you continue along the A1, it's not looking too bad along the A1M, certainly. Past Hitchin looking OK. Stevenage a bit busy on the A602 toward the A1M near Gunnells Wood Road. Then into London on the A1, it's slow southbound at Stirling Corner on the cameras. The A5 in Dunstable looking quite slow on the cameras as you go from Regent Street toward the A505. And the speed sensor still picking up delays in Mark Yates on the A5 southbound as you come down toward the M1 at Junction 9. Now the M25 is busiest anti-clockwise from Maple Cross to the M40. It's not been a bad morning for the M25. Still slow, but not as slow as some days. Piccadilly Line Tube, severe delays, Acton Town to Uxbridge, signal failure at Alperton. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. We've got a band coming in. It's a Friday, and I've just thought, if they come in and play Stairway to Heaven, I'm going to destroy all of their instruments. Right, 8.47 or thereabouts. It's Friday the 19th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire's Police Commissioner Ollie Martins has expressed concerns about frontline jobs in the face of more government cuts. Bedford's GPs may take on some of the children's services currently unavailable at the town's hospital. In sport, the Manchester United manager David Moyes has again insisted Wayne Rooney is not for sale after Chelsea put a bid for the striker in and it was rejected. I suspect they're playing a little game. 
Coming up, a super cool hip bird, it says here, to end Friday, followed by an egg roll and a showing of the film Grease. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sounds marvellous. Um, well, we've got some lovely weather outside today. Blue skies feeling very warm again. Across the three counties, I think Buckinghamshire likely to get the highest temperatures today. We could be looking at 28 or 29 degrees Celsius here. Cooler towards Hertfordshire. We've got a bit of a northeasterly wind and that's going to keep the temperatures feeling a little bit cooler actually, but still in the mid to possibly just squeaking up into the high 20s. It's going to be another very sunny day. Lots of blue skies, a bit of fair weather cloud into the afternoon. Now, as we head through into this evening, we've got some clouds spreading in from the east and that's going to be with us for the um, start of Saturday, actually. So a disappointingly cloudy start, starting the day off on 15 or 16 degrees. The cloud eventually clearing, certainly by the afternoon, it will be gone from just about everywhere. It will clear away from western areas first, so possibly brightening up quite quickly across parts of Buckinghamshire, um, western areas of Bedfordshire as well. Um, so not turning into a bad day by the afternoon, but it will be a touch cooler because of the cloud cover early on and also that easterly wind as well so temperatures in the low to the mid 20s this time possibly peaking out at around 23 to 25 degrees celsius again the best of the temperatures towards western parts same again on sunday possibly a cloudy start clearing to sunshine later on into the afternoon things will be turning hot and really quite humid again into next week that's the forecast thank you very much If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. Mum's been stabbed. I mean, the most unlikely thing you ever expected to hear when you answered that phone on that day. But there is a way you can hear it all again. My younger sister, living with my mum in a little cottage, rang me to say, Mum's been stabbed. Go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again. All of our programmes are available for seven days, allowing you to listen to what you missed bbc.co.uk slash three counties morning dear listener um we'll read out let me read out oh no we'll do those in a little bit actually shall we uh because we're joined by a band now each week we like to get some musicians in to play a little bit of music for us otherwise there's no point in them coming in this week we have new groove uh, formation they're an eight-piece ska funk reggae band two of them are here ryan and quinny i'm assuming well, the other six are they setting up are they they're coming in what's 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 going we on with them fit, we wouldn't have fitted them all in to be honest with you apologies oh, apologies catch them live tomorrow night at Squires at Bedford. Hey, Got you get that in quickly. That was good. I like what you did there. Are they? Are you the keenest one? Are you? The, are you the leaders of the band? Oh yeah, we're gagging for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet. Tell, tell me about it. It's a Friday in this weather. Who isn't? We're back to that park in Bedford. Now, listen. Uh, give us a song first of all. Then we'll have a little chat. What are you, you going to play for us? Um, I'm going to play uh, "Get a Bit Stronger." Lovely. Um, well, actually, I'm going to play a little thing that I write with Rolf Harris. Uh, Don't you dare! Stop it. Stop it! Out! See, I've heard that bit because I've been in guitar shops in the 90s, so I've heard that bit. Yeah. And I've heard the bit about she's building a stairway to heaven. The rest of it, I've no idea. Uh, It's because no one else knows the rest of the song. Exactly. It's a very complicated song, I can assure you. Yes. So, so so what what have you got for us? Uh, It's called uh, Get a Bit Stronger. Uh, It goes out to my mum, actually. Oh. Uh, It's a little reggae track to to keep everyone happy, I think. Away you go, fellas.
get a little stronger. Attention. She said, yeah, 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 yeah. Live a little longer. Oh, oh, oh. When you're young, you just be yourself. You just want to be free. All these people talking about. All I heard was man And she said, yeah. Say to me, son, you better eat your greens. And don't you ever, ever, ever be mean. And yet you keep yourself clean. And these little things that she said, well, didn't make much sense to me. Until I turned to the man you see. And then I turned to the man you see. Yes, it's your boy to be sure if you take the wrong course. Don't push to the front, don't be pushed too forward. Did your life push the twist and turn? So you keep your head strong, keep your head pushed. Your world could be weird in your life as you live it. Try to compose yourself, just take a minute. Place the pieces, get some order in your life. Jump on the right track and take the good advice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get a little stronger. Fantastic! I'll have some of that. Well done, fellas. I, I did think what. What's Ryan going to do? Ryan's just sitting there. <laughs> Very polite. You're doing all the work. You're, you've got a hat on. Oh, no, you're sweating, sweating, playing no. the guitar and singing. Ryan sat there. I thought, oh, it's nice. He's brought a friend along for support. And then you burst in, which was there good. Go. I enjoyed that. Tell us a little bit about the new group formation. When did you get together? Oh, blimey. It's been rolling for about nine years. Yeah, is so it one of those things where people kind of come and go? and Or has it been the same, the same group the whole well, time? Well, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, band members do change. Yep. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it's one of those things that goes on, especially when you're in a band that goes on that long. Yeah. I mean, we're a festival band, yeah. so 
Um, Ryan's new to the group. He's a new rapper, Ryan Mine, on the mic. Is he? <laughs> Come and see him in action tomorrow night at the Squires in Bedford. He's done it again. You're good, you are. Yeah. Be, be honest. Is, 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 is Ryan uh, any good? He's pretty good. He's okay. He's okay. Pretty fine. good. Okay, fine. Pretty damn good. Ryan, before you joined up with the band, what, you just like an out? I don't know how it works with rapping. I know how bands get together, but were you just like an out of work rapper just standing on street corners or something? And <laughs> how, did, how, did you, how did you meet up with this lot? Uh, well, I've, I've known Quinny and, and the guys for quite a long time. Right. Um, I was in another band uh, for a little while. Um, haven't done anything for a few years and then obviously got the call up. I uh, feel very privileged to be in the band, really, to be fair. So. Listen, it's, it's a cracking sound. Have you got a website or anything or, or that people can go to and find out more? Yeah, it's uh, www.newgroovformation.com. Uh, we've got gigs on there. Uh, Twitter's at New Groovers. And we're on Facebook as well. New Groove, Facebook forward slash New Groove Formation, I think that is. <laughs> it, it, they'll find, they, New Groove Formation, they Google it, they, they'll find you. Listen, we're running out of time. I'd love another song. Cool. If I raise my hand, yeah. don't think I'm being rude. It's not means you failed the audition. It means we've got to go to travel, which we all do in two minutes' time. So cool. that means keep on playing, yeah. stop singing, and stop talking so quickly. That's, that's what that means, okay? <laughs> so d- d- I apologise in advance. Away you go, chaps. Okay. doing this because this is fantastic we'll have a little bit more ladies and gentlemen let's get the travel news now here's adam adam over to you sir northbound lane closed on the exit slip at luton because of an accident there the a1 slow at the black cat roundabout delays in stevenage on the a602 toward the a1m pretty busy on the a5 dunstable as you go from regent street toward the a505 at the west street traffic lights it's been slow all morning in Markgate. still is on the a5 southbound between lynch hill Luton Road down toward the M1 at Junction 9. St Albans looking a bit busy on the A414 with heavy traffic from Shenley Lane down to the London Coney roundabout of the A1081. Anti clockwise M25 
35, slow as it always is, from Maple Cross to the M40 Junction 17 to 16. And if you're making a journey by tube, the Piccadilly line runs with severe delays, Acton Town to Uxbridge. That was a signal failure at Alperton early this morning. Good service on the rest of the line, no other tube problems, and the train departure boards are looking pretty good out there at the minute. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. That's it, that's your lot. Thank you very much to Ryan and Quinny from the New Groove Formation. I appreciate you coming in, chaps. Have a nice weekend. Don't forget, download the podcast later on today if you want. I'll be back on Monday. JVS is up next. Until Monday, from me, ta-ta. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Friday... The sun is out. And on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, do you honestly think we need more police on our streets? The current